everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am your nigh-on-perfect host, Peter, and joining me, as always, slightly left of perfect is Matt. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and then, at the opposite end of the spectrum, the 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 Necron to my, my weight lantern is Connor. I like to think I go so far around that I'm closer to perfect than you are. It's nice to want things. It's nice to want things. Uh, we talk about DC Comics on this show, and coming up on this week's episode, which is episode 181 for the record, uh, we got February solicits to talk about, so that'll be a big part of the start of the show, but we do have Far Sector number one, Event Leviathan number six, Superman 17, The Flash 82, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number three, Batman and the Outsiders number seven, Hawkman 18, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night issue one, The Batman's Grave issue two, and wrapping up with the newest Hill House book, uh, Dollhouse Family issue one. So that's what's coming up on this week's show. Uh, so nice healthy amount. Uh, no news outside of what's in the solicits. Uh, I mean, some stuff did technically come out as news first, but they're all in the solicits. So we'll just go through the solicits and encounter them as we go. But uh, Matt, how was your week? Really, really busy. So I'm I'm glad that we didn't have a lot of books to read. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> stupid busy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Pete, I have a question for you. Oh yes. Do you want to join the inner circle? <laughs> Are you asking me if I want to be in the inner circle? Do you want me to join the inner circle? Do you want to join the inner circle? Do you want me to join the inner circle? Everyone wants to know, do you want to be in the inner circle? I think we can both agree who the biggest loser on the Culture in the Multiverse podcast is, Matt. All right, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Connor. Connor! (laughs) I feel like I'm missing something here. All right, so we'll talk about solicits then. Uh, You can find your weekly AEW talk on Patreon, (laughs) as per usual. (laughs) <laughs> Matt, Matt started off as early this week, um, yep. so pretty sure we were still in the introductions. We were, we we're pretty much in the introductions. But, uh, but we got it out of the way, Connor. So now did, we're did we get as far as that we're actually a DC Comics podcast? Oh, we did. No, I, I said that. I listed the books. We, we got through that. Uh, part. Okay, all right. We did the bare minimum. Yes. Uh, so we're here to talk How's about your Pokemon journey. Uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying right. it so far. I'm still early on because uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order also came out on the same yeah. day and oh boy is that good that uh yeah. it's kind of uncharted tomb raider style uh exploration uh some god of war style set pieces and then combat which is similar to dark souls but significantly easier i mean it's not easy but in comparison uh, it's um yeah it looks more accessible what's this about a ginger jedi yeah the main character you play as uh who is obviously a jedi is is a ginger and it's the first one so some representation at last. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay, we do solicits now. February solicits are a thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose. And w- the first thing here is that we found out because we're doing a, an extra episode in uh, in January because we got Wonder Woman seven fifty, which is the big you know action detective one thousand style issue. Turns out we're doing that in February as well because the Flash seven fifty <laughs> is coming out in February. Uh, Eighty yeah. pages. 
all the, so, all the all the decade variants. We got a big list of creators. Uh, I will list through them. Well, Connor's trying to say something, so I will stop and let him. Because I was not here that week or uh-huh. the normal, so I didn't even give my thoughts on this in general. I think this is kind of bullshit. Um, and even more so after seeing some of the numbers in this list. Uh, yeah, okay, one thousand was a big deal. This was, uh, and it got there kind of fairly. This is all right, seven fifty. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Let's let's just do this, even though we we haven't really been doing that. Yeah, we'll just yeah, sure, why not? And then to see that the that it's not you know changing the number. So I think it was Wonder Woman. It would have been issue eighty four was 750 and i kind of i was annoyed at that anyway but mm-hmm. then to see it's actually going back to 85 afterwards so it'll be like yeah wonder woman 1 through 83 750 85 that's just terrible yeah i feel that strongly about it but i will say this compared to marvel at least at least the number actually is the correct number as opposed no, to no. made up <laughs> credit in that regard yeah. it is actually the 750th issue if you go back you can go back and check it yourself you can go look and see what volume one and volume two was and add them up do, and do you know what i think like is, is a big difference in the feeling compared to action detective is mm. uh, like okay you can take out that you know 50 60 issues of you know whatever we had during new 52 but uh we were actually you know we started off in the 900s and we were building up to a thousand for you know quite a while it, it sure. wasn't just, oh, yeah, okay, well, this was think, issue 34, and then, oh, 1,000 next. I think, Wonder, or I think Action Detective did really well. I like the idea that they want to do it for Wonder Woman this year. 750 is, like, a good excuse for it. Uh, but it does make sense that they go, go, well, Flash is almost hitting that, you know, it's a month later. Like, Flash is hitting it right after it, and it feels weird not to do it for Flash too. Because, I mean, surely Green Lantern will get something at some point. That'll be the next one to get, get it, I assume. But... Um, it is a bit annoying they're month back to back like this, you know, month to month. Um, cheapens it a little, doesn't it? Yeah, it just feels a little bit too much. But hey, um, I guess it's something we'll do because we do have a list of creators. We've got Joshua Williamson, of course, because he's on the main book, but we also have Jeff Johns writing a story, Michael Moretti, Marv Wolfman, Francis Manipal. Uh, and then in art, we have Rafa Sandoval, uh, Jordi Tarragona, Scott Collins, Stephen Segovia, David Marquez, Brian Hitch, Francis Manipal, Riley Rosmo, and others. So, uh, the year decade variants, we got the 1940s covered by Nicholas Scott, 50s by Gary Frank, 60s by Nick Darrington, 70s by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, 80s by Gabriel Delotto, 90s by Francesco Mar- Martina, well that'll be a nice painted one then, uh, 2000s by Jim Lee and Scott Williams, and 2010s by Francis Manipal. So, I'm gonna be poor. Because <laughs> the only one of those that I immediately go, eh, I don't need that one, is the Jim Lee one. I was just going to say the same thing. Because I'm looking at these going, oh, I want that one. Wait, no, I want that one too. Yeah. So, right, that is a hell of a list of, of, uh, of artists for you yeah. guys. Are, are they actually, are these out to see or is it just the list here? Because I don't have any. It's just the list. Just, I haven't yeah. seen any of them anymore. It's the list yet. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I look forward to seeing those then. Uh, so, 80 pages. Um, you know, it's out in the, the last week of February. So, uh, you're getting some bonus e- episodes then, uh, quite significantly on January, February then from us. So uh, thank DC for that, and we will just be miserable and tired. Um, but uh, that's coming in February. Um, so cool. Um, next up, we got Batman Pennyworth R.I.P. Issue One. This is a 48-page one-shot coming on the 12th of February. This is James Tynion the Fourth and Peter J. Tomasi writing this. So that's the Batman detective writers teaming up. Mm-hmm. And so, is, is this like are we actually accepting the fact that King actually might have killed Alfred? Uh, yep. 
Seems to be. There was some stuff in the solicits. I think it was. I don't know if it was last month or the month before that was mm. like, yeah, after the loss of his greatest ally, and we were like, okay, yeah. Um, and now this, it, it kind of feels like it's happened, but and which it, kind of really makes the the beat in the book feel really weird that we were all just like, yeah. eh, whatever. Yep. Well, because King set us up to not care about stuff like that with Bane in the first arc, or in the second arc, whatever it was. Where he hung the robins. Mm, you that's know? true. Yeah. So we, we, we didn't trust anything was really happening. It'd be one thing if the character didn't believe it, and then at the end yep. we had this moment where Batman realized it, and that could be us with him, and that'd be fine. Yep. But it doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen. I mean, does Batman even know yet? Because it doesn't feel like Batman knows yet no. in the book. No, because of the last we saw that he was telling Damien to go in. So maybe, maybe, maybe when Batman finds out, that's when it'll really hit and it'll work. Maybe. Like Maybe, yeah. yeah. Spo- spoilers for Harry Potter coming up right here, guys. In case you have it. <laughs> if, if this ends up being a Dumbledore situation where, you know, Alfred was actually sick and he wanted to go out this way, you know. And McGregor so, syndrome. You know, McGregor syndrome. Yeah, you know, I, I can accept that. But just the way this was handled, this is kind of upsetting. So you don't, you don't mess with Gordon and you don't mess with, with Alfred. No, but here's the thing. I'm okay if Alfred is... Is gone. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's a fine thing to do, as long as I actually give a shit when it happens, not right. just kind of turn the page and go, all right, well, yeah. I mean, the, the death of Alfred is like a, a thing that we have to do at some point in the Batman comics. They can stick because just like the death of Jonathan Kent, it can be a big thing that kind of you know right. shifts and changes the dynamic of Batman for a long time and sort of reset the the board and. Um, it makes sense to do it. Just, just like, you know, Bruce leaving and Dick replacing him, which I wish was permanent and it wasn't. But again, that's something that theoretically should happen someday. Of course, the reason why it doesn't stick is because DC are determined to always go back to the status quo because comic books are like that and it's frustrating. Yeah, but we just DC have to accept are not it. alone in that regard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not just them. Like, everyone's like that. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah. One shot, uh, 12th of February. And. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, what this is fine. You know, it's hard to get excited because yeah, maybe this will be good. Maybe, maybe maybe this will like give him a send off that feels more justified, or it feels maybe, more. Maybe this will actually make us care. Yeah. yeah. So that would be nice. Uh, next up, Amethyst issue one uh, by Amy Reader, who's doing both uh, writing and art. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like we heard about this so long ago that I'd forgotten that it was coming, and then t- it just you know being in these solicits was such a pleasant surprise. Yeah, there's actually a glitch here on the solicits. I don't know if it's just in the Newsarama version or if it's on every version, but the bottom part that tells you what date it's coming out on and what you know, how many issues it is is actually mixed up. Uh, the next book has both; it has two sets of that. So I'm assuming this is the one that's uh, three issues and they're all oversized. Just because the next book, it makes sense to, for that to match the first one. If that, I'll, right, that'll make sense right. in a second. Yeah. Um. So the next book is Deceased Unkillables issue one. So it's another mini sequel to Deceased. Uh, Tom Taylor writing, of course. Where's my button? Tom Taylor. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But uh, and we have uh, Carl Mustert and Trevor Scott on the art. Um. So. Yeah, so the two sort of ends of these solicits are mixed up, and there's one that's three issues at 48 pages each, which is prestige format, and then there's one that's one of six. I'm assuming Deceased is the one of six, because that'll match the first book of it. I think so. I mean, no guarantee, but I think so. Yeah, but that seems to be what's happened here. They've just kind of, like, bit of a format and error. It's it's strange, because if, if this hadn't been there, I would have assumed that Amethyst was one of six. 
Yeah, but that's who, fair. You know, who knows? Yeah, but it also says this issue will ship with two covers. Um, there's only one cover for Amethyst as of right now. So, yeah, I'm going to go and say that Amethyst Actually, is the one of three. That makes the Amethyst must be the, the six issues then, because this has three covers no. right here in the solicits. Yeah, it says, right, but, but that's, it says it's going to ship with two, which means you get two automatically... And no, 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 no. Yeah, but Matt, but Matt, Matt one, says... one says three covers, the other says two covers. None of them say one. And Deceased yeah. has three covers, so theoretically so that means that's the three-issue one. So we think Deceased is the three-issue uh, prestige. Possibly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced. <laughs> that, that bit of evidence is much more compelling, though. I'm not convinced, but we'll see. We'll see. The point is, don't make mistakes in your solicits. <laughs> I'm going to go check Tom Hold Taylor's on. Twitter and see if he's probably well, out about check it. check another one. Uh, check another source. Maybe, maybe another state's not muddled up with this. But yeah, a really pretty cover here, actually. A Red Hood's mask being smashed and just a sort of zombified uh, face underneath. I've got a, a CBR article saying that it'll be a three-issue uh, ah, okay. series for Deceased. Interesting uh, that it's different from the first one, especially since it's a double-sized yeah. issue, so it's not like there's less pages necessarily compared to the previous book. It's just in three parts. Parts? Yeah. Parts? Parts. Is it still shipping monthly, or does it not specify? It doesn't say bi-monthly, does it? Nah, it's just, no, it looks like it's just going to be monthly, yeah. Uh, maybe that's why there's two artists. Maybe that's why they're getting out in monthly. Mm. Maybe Could there'll be. be two narratives and they'll be sharing the arteries uh, between so two. So I wonder if this is stuff that Taylor wanted to do but didn't have the time for uh, during the book uh, maybe. because it was so focused. Oh, mm -hmm. I, I like the... Uh, there's the, they're doing the movie poster thing again. They've got one for It yeah. and it's Wonder Woman's sort of eyes with the, uh, the tiara. Yeah, yeah. That looks, yeah. That's really it's a good. great poster. That looks good. That looks good. Uh, so that's coming in February as well then, uh, so that's good. Uh, next up we have their annual uh, big anthology 80-page book for Valentine's Day. This time it's called DC Crimes of Passion Issue 1 with stories by James Terry and the Four, Steve Orlando, Senna Grace, uh, Jay Baruchel, Bur uh, Stephanie Phillips and mm -hmm. others. Uh, but typically we've been skipping these because they're just a big thing to mm -hmm. add into the week, but worth mentioning that it's there. Yeah, especially that cover. Yeah, the cover's that, pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, decks with Selena and Batman's all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is weird to me that this is releasing on the fifth of of February when you know there's the twelfth as a Wednesday. I had just more time to sell it before Valentine's Day, I guess. Sure. It just seems strange to me, but whatever. They can pimp it for two weeks instead of one. Um, and then we got Green Lantern season two issue one. So they're actually calling it season two in the title. Finally enough, uh, Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp, uh, twelve issue book. Um, as we expected. Oversized uh, first issue. Oh yeah, $5, 40 pages, first issue, there you go. And then we have Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey issue one. This is a Man of Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. This is a black label book. It is uh, the Prestige Plus format, meaning that it's the, the bigger pages, the wider pages. Uh, one of four, six dollars. Yep. Um, no ads though. So it says 32 pages, so it is oversized. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wasn't really. I wasn't really trying to imply the price was over. Over. No, I think yeah, it's again. I think when you're printing on the you know the the, the bigger paper as well, like that naturally drives up the cost because it's a you know it's an unusual format. It's out of the the, the standard printing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, naturally, I have no interest in a Connor Palmiotti Harley Quinn book of any way sense, so I will not be trying this. But I yeah. loved the. 
Harley Quinn run anyway. I'm a big fan of the, the, the pair of them in general. I'm really interested to see what they're doing with it in Black Label because they've presumably got, you know, it, this is, you know, uh, 17 plus, as it says here, rather than the, the teen. Um, so I wonder, you know, if they take a slightly different approach, if it's just, you know, if it's just the same, they're just I mean, uncensored on the swearing. Yeah, I was going to say, I I, I want to imagine their book probably had a lot of those censored swearing bubbles. Oh, yes. They got inventive with those. So it'll probably just be that without the censoring, which may actually make it less funny, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll know when it, when it hits. We'll see. Yeah, and then next up, um, we got Leviathan Dawn issue one, uh, which is a one-shot. Uh, obviously, Mike, Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev, following on from uh, Leviathan, uh, or Vent Leviathan, sorry, um, which I think it was becoming clear the more we went through that book, Matt, that this was not going to be the end of this story, that that book. Yeah. And this is clearly setting up whatever's coming next. There's going to be more with Leviathan. This is the, this is the dawn of like a, a whole chunk of time. This is not just one little quick thing. It, it also said that at the last panel of, of the issue, you know. Yes. Yes, I, I um, saw these solicits before I read the book, though. So I mean, I was just kind of. Oh, way to go! Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the book, Simon says it. Yes, but I mean, even before we got there, it kind of felt that way. It felt like we weren't going to get mm -hmm. it all wrapped up neatly uh, by the end of the issue. Uh, so interesting a... that there's a, a couple of months before this. Yes, well, it's, it does say it's coming back in Action Comics uh, next month first. Right. Uh, oh, fair enough. So there's going to be some Action Comics stuff before we get to this book. But uh, mm -hmm. so Leviathan Don issue one is a one shot, forty eight page, uh, five dollars, so annual sized basically. Um, so going to be a must read for if you're reading uh, Benesi Superman stuff, I imagine. Um, so I assume you're pumped for this, Matt. Yes, I'll, I'll take more Benesi Malieve in DC. I don't care what it is, and this is. It's more good, so... Yep, uh, skip it down to the next proper book. We got another Hill House book starting in February. This is a six-issue mini called Plunge. Uh, Joe Hill writing with sure eminent on art, which is actually quite... Uh, yeah. Exciting. And, yeah, that's quite and, enticing. And there's a variant by Gary Frank. Hell yeah, so, there is. Big time. Yeah, Gary Frank variant is nice, although it's not coloured yet. So I'll, I'll, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's someone in underwater with scuba gear and there's a nasty looking shark looking thing. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. if it stays like that. Um, I, think that's kinda, I think it looks great as it is. I actually really like the main cover as well, though. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the splashes of red really stand yep. out. With the ship. Uh, I went to, so I'm going to read the description for this because this is a completely new thing. In the aftermath of a devastating tsunami, an exploration vessel known as the Derlith begins sending an automated distress signal from a remote uh, atoll in the Berling Strait. The only problem is... The Bering. The Bering? Oh, sorry, I said yep. Berling, sorry. Uh, the Bering Strait. Uh, the only problem is that Darlith has been missing for 40 years. Well, I'm liking the mystery of this already. Uh, marine biologist Mariah Lam joins the Carpenter, Sal Carpenter Salvage. <laughs> The influences are being felt. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not shying away from it, are they? The Carpenter Salvage nope. team to recover the Darlis dead, only to find that this remote part of the Arctic Circle that the dead have plenty to say to the living. Joe Helen Stratton and plunge into terror begins here. Uh, was this the one that they previously described as their thing? Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, okay, that's making a lot of we sense. We knew about this, but I don't think we had a name. Yes, we knew yeah. it was coming, yeah, but... Yeah, and we didn't have a full description like this. We kind of just had vague uh, tonal hints. Yeah, I think yeah, we knew we Arctic... said it sounds I... like the thing. Yeah, I think it was like we were they're investigating something in the Arctic or something like that we yep. knew. Uh, but yeah. this is a bit more, yeah. Uh, I love everything about this. I'm in. <laughs> I'm so yeah, in. this yep. sounds... Me too. I'm all in. Uh, 
Power is the best ever hardcover. This is a weird place for this. Is this a, an original graphic novel or is it? Uh, no, because it's. No? It incorporates remastered pages oh. from Power 7 and 8. It's just so, in a weird place in the solicits. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. fair enough. Uh, next up, so it's funny we get that Leviathan one-shot because we also have another one of those Superman one-shots where uh, we've had... This is the third of these, I think, because I'm pretty sure there's another one solicited for before this, but this is um, mm-hmm. uh, basically all the different Superman writers. So you got Bendis, Fraction, Rucka, and now Jodie Hauser for Supergirl uh, all doing a story each in a one-shot that's presumably setting up the next year's Superman sort of stories. Uh, so again, it's a one-shot, 48 pages, $6.00. And the last one of these was good and vital to the ongoing story of all these books, so this uh, this makes sense. Yep. So cool. Um, no complaints from me. Uh, Year of the Villain, Hell Risen, issue three uh, is coming out. That's the James Tynion the fourth story that he's doing. This Go- is gorgeous cover from Epting. Issue three or four. Uh, yep. That is a gorgeous cover. You're right. In fact, let me just can I? Who's that wearing the Superman? Uh... The, that's just Supergirl. Supergirl. Oh, that's just Supergirl. Yeah. Okay. And it's black metal Supergirl. Right, okay. <laughs> I was like, why is there a member of Kiss wearing a super outfit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Hell Resolution 3. Uh, Action Comic 1020. Um, it's weird to get up to those numbers now. Yeah. Where I'm, I'm just saying it like that. 1020. Uh, so, that's coming out. Uh, as you do. Aquaman 57. Still Kelly Sue. Good to see. Um... Speaking of nice covers, actually, I'm fond of that uh, bright white cover with the uh, the pregnant mirror. Yeah, uh, the, the Robson Robson. Yeah. yeah, the other one's not bad either, to be honest. I really like the other one. I'm a big fan of Chris Anka, though. Uh, Batgirl 44, still Cecile Castellucci. Uh, we got Batman 88 and 89. So any rumors of them not double shipping uh, in 2020? Uh, yeah, but I got so disappointed when I saw these solicits. And why is that? Look who's on art. <laughs> Gillum March is on art for, for, for both of them for both those issues of Batman and the same thing is it's like, you know, you've got James the fourth. who I'm excited for taking over Batman and you've got Batman 89 because um, he, he posted this cover on Twitter when someone said who's your supporting cast going to be and he posted this cover and it's just like Joker, Riddler, Harley, Penguin and Catwoman and, and so he's doing a whole rogues gallery thing um, interesting to see how he handles Catwoman in a post King run and you know where they are relationship wise uh, is he just ignoring all that? Is he just doing Catwoman as a sort of... It's, it's such a dick move to give us these uh, Tony Daniel covers Yep. and then put Gil and March on Tyrius. That's going to be a rough couple months. Uh, Matina variant on the first one, though, as well. God damn it. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, I think that's maybe a Batman Returns callback because you've got Penguin and Catwoman. In fact, yeah. even yeah. Catwoman's outfits kind of... I mean, it's not exactly the but Returns that... one, but it's... No, but that's the one that um, uh, Joelle Jones put her in. Yeah, uh, so. and Penguins even got the umbrella with a gun, like the movie. So I hate that movie, but I appreciate the the, the nerdiness. Uh, and the cover just looks great, anyway. Yeah, Batman Beyond Forty One's out. Uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight issue seven is coming out. That's uh, seven of eight, so that's the second last issue. <laughs> Both those covers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, uh-huh. There's the Castlevania one. Where he's got the whip. I agree. That's pretty nice. What's the other one? Harley on Harley. Harley. There you go. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Uh Batman's Grave issue five is out. Uh Batman the Outsiders issue ten. You got Batman Superman number seven. Nick Darrington's on the art that uh, the art that's been great so far, but Darrington's not a bad uh, replacement I either. I love Darrington. Yeah. 
I actually really like that cover where Batman and Superman are in the bottled city and you've got Zod and uh, Ra's al Ghul laughing at them. Yeah, that's a Darrington cover. I like that. It's just got neat. Uh, we got Catwoman number 20. Still not the final issue. Nope. <laughs> we got Detective Comics 1020. So did that officially switch to single shipping? It uh, looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. it's out on the 26th, so... That's fair, um, that's fair. Uh, yeah. We got Flash 88, which I presume is before... Uh, yeah, it is because it's 12th, so that's before 7.50. So, uh, fair enough. So it's going to go 88, 7.50, 90. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, flash forward number six, the end of the Scott Liddell nightmare um, is there. Uh we have Genlock number four. Uh, we have Gotham City Monsters number six, the end of that many. We have Harley Quinn number 70. Uh, Humphrey's still on there. Uh, we got Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number six, the end of the many. Of course, uh, you guys are talking about issue three today. Yeah. So you got that. Uh, Hotman number 21 is there. Um, you have different artists on here uh, compared to what you've got right now. Mm, yes. Uh, Saren. Yeah, Fernando Pissarin and uh, Auclair Albert. Uh Interesting name. Uh, I'm not familiar with his work. Uh, you got He-Man, the Masters of the Universe, number four by Tim Seeley. Uh, Inferior 5, number six, which is now the final issue of that, because that was meant to be 12 issues. We talked about that before. Yeah, I think it was just last week, and it is yeah. confirmed here in the solicitor that's the final issue. Yeah. Uh, Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity, number three. So that's the end of that three-issue prestige book. No, no, it's not. You're, it not? you're mixing out with another one. This oh, is the one nine. that is yeah. nine issues that was originally monthly, and we were like, no, nah, that's a bit ambitious. Yeah, and this is this is actually a resolicit of issue three, and they're shifting it to bi-monthly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. issue, issue two, I think, is taken where issue three was originally solicited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So okay, I, I stand corrected. Yes, issue issue three of nine. Um, but there is a three issue one somewhere. I just don't know which one. The it is next now. one. The next one. Oh, Joker Kill Smiles also there. <laughs> yes, issue three of three. Uh, final yeah. issue. So. How do you guys feel on that one? Uh, I was really into it. I thought it was really good. It suffered from coming out the same time as uh, Harleen, which was better. Yeah. I agree. I still think it's really good, and I really liked it, and I'm looking forward to finishing it, and it'll probably still be a great, you know, collected three-issue thing at the end. Even even Criminal mm-hmm. Sanity I'm really enjoying, though. I think these Black Label books, for the most part right now, are really doing something for me. So, so, yeah. so it looks like I'm the only one that didn't really enjoy Killer Smile. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Um... Can't all agree all the time, Matt. I have to have some spaces. No, I know. Uh, it was fine. It just like whatever. Justice League <laughs> Dark number twenty's out. Um, uh, co-writer on that with a uh, Ram V. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's maybe prepping for Tainan to sh- to leave the book, or maybe. Oh man, I always read that as Ram Five. <laughs> uh, no, I I sometimes do. I go, is that Ram Five? And then I'm, no, and I'm like, no, it's definitely just a V. I'm sure it is. Yeah, no, it makes more. It makes way more sense. But when you said it, it just when you hear it out loud versus in your head, just just ram the fifth. Ram the yeah, fifth. Yeah, right. Oh, that would see if that was the case though, they'd have put Tynan's name first, surely, because you yeah. go Tynan the fourth Perfect. and ram the fifth. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next up, probably uh, the biggest news, maybe outside of uh, Flash 750 to come out of all this, this is, is Justice League 40 and 41, where we, of course, I mean, we knew that uh, Snyder was ending his run in January. Yep. So we have a new writer. We're not changing numbering. Uh, we're continuing with the numbering. So number 40 and 41. Still double shipping as well, notable. 
Um, but Venditti, Robert Venditti is the new writer on Justice League, and um, he's done his first issue with Doug Mankey and Jamie, uh, or sorry, Jaime, that'll be, Jaime Mendoza, uh, and then the second issue is with Aaron Lopresti and Matt Ryan. So I don't know why we've got different artists across the two issues. Yeah, but... that's a little disappointing that just even on the first you know, two issues, we've got four artists. It makes me wonder though if it's going to have some sort of like uh like if both books like because that's so specific in advance it's not like they're rushing last minute. I wonder if like there's a de- a defined split in both books where maybe like the first one focuses on two characters and the next one focuses on all two characters. Maybe, maybe. we'll have to wait and see. I don't know, but um, I I liked a few issues of Freedom Fighters. I do intend to read that all at some point. Um, I. Dropped his Flash after like two issues, or dropped his Green Lantern after two issues. Um, I can't say I'm super excited by Vendetti. I mean, his first Hawkman was fine, but I wasn't really into what it was doing, so I dropped that too. It's it's funny, because a couple of years ago, I'd have said, yeah, I feel the same. But after yeah. kind of getting back in on Hal and Pals and then Hawkman, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? However, what I'm reading in these, I'm like, uh, if we're bogged down, I might have to skip, you know? Like it, it seems fine, but I'm gonna give it at least you know. a chance because it might. You know, yeah, it, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it won't be that great. What well, I'll, I'll maybe, give it maybe a chance. It's no good on teams, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a, a fair chance. But I'm not gonna, it, you know, like Orlando going to Wonder Woman, kind of like, well, if I have to catch up on this, I will. Yeah, no, no, notably, none of us uh, read that this week, even though we might have, we might have tried it. There was a chance we may have tried it. <laughs> unless, unless Matt's just came quiet and he did read it. No, he didn't ask them at the start. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so no I actually, I, 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 I was tempted to. I just, I kind of ran out of time, and when I realised, oh, I had to cut something. It was obviously going to be the Orlando Wonder Woman issue I was cutting because I don't like Orlando. Yeah, there was just no chance. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, even contemplate it. Uh, so I mean, I'll try. I mean, I'll try this. I'll give it a fair shake. I'll try at least the first one, maybe the first few, uh, and see if it if it works for me. But it wouldn't surprise me if I end up dropping Justice League. It's, it's so weird. Like, I, I'm getting to the point now where I'm excited about all these Black Label and, uh, you know, Hell House books. And some of the main DC characters are kind of, like, leaving me a little bit because I'm not into, you know, the Wonder Woman writer. I'm not, maybe not, I may not be into the Justice League writer, depending. You know, I'm yeah, not reading I, Nightwing I, right now because they're doing all this Rick Grayson bullshit. And... Whereas in contrast, we have a brand new Green Lantern book this week that's not any of our traditional lanterns. That is yep. true. So we'll, I mean, we're talking about that later, so... Um, so yeah, things are a bit weird, but that's okay. Uh, still a lot of books to read, even with this, you know, weird shift in terms of what ones we're reading. Uh, yeah. Justice League Odyssey 18's out. Uh, still not the final final issue. It's on final issue. Yeah, that book has gotten so weird from what I've seen. Yep. yep, like, yep, yep. Just, just face off the and covers. Just look like look at that cyborg. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I want to praise. I think it's the variant for Legion of Superheroes number four, which is next. Uh, that is beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty gorgeous. I'll give you that. Absolutely beautiful that cover. Uh, I like the other cover. I mean, yeah, of the, course you do. I mean the other one's a good classic comic book cover, but I really yeah. like that that variant. Yeah. yeah uh, that's so nice. that's coming out. Uh, Lois Lane number eight, two thirds through that. Then uh, come February, um, we have Scooby Doo. Where are you? One o three. Well, let's see what we do. Uh, we have the final Martian Manhunter issue twelve is out um, in February. Uh, Metal Men issue five. I'm actually looking forward to issue two of that. I, I quite enjoyed issue yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I did. And too, yeah. when I, I I saw this cover and went, oh, of course it's DDR writing. Of course, oh Max going to show up. <laughs> that dude, 
That dude loves Omac like I love Guy Gardner. I, I just, I, I just, I, it was small. It was the thumbnail, and I was like, "Is that a blue mohawk?" And I clicked on it. Yeah, that's a blue mohawk. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I think Omac is a lot of fun. Sure, like, but that dude loves him. He puts him into everything he can. <laughs> he really does. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we have Nightwing 69 and the cover with Nightwing in this nice. grey suit is upsetting to me uh, and Matt's been 12 and yes yeah, he yeah. got the 69 also <laughs> in the solicit there it says October's Nightwing annual uh, with a dash <laughs> what? did they kind of change the name with the way they print it or is that just a weird solicit thing? I don't remember it being a dash in the title for the last solicit but, or when this no. came out but yeah, you know. he's not Nightwing anymore he's Nightwing yeah, I was like, what's going on there? Um, so if I ever open a restaurant, uh, the, the, the the chicken wings are going to be referred to as night wings. <laughs> of all the, the themed themed food. Uh, I don't have any other white, white puns to, to throw at this moment, but no. I'll think of some later. I'll think of some later. <laughs> if you say so. Red Hood Outlaws, or sorry, Red Hood Outlaw, 43... <laughs> It's out in February. Some different artists on there that I don't actually recognize immediately. So, Chris, I mean, Cro- Chris Cross. One, all one word. Yeah. <laughs> it's Chris Make Cross. Make jump, jump. Yeah. Uh, Ruby issue five, Shazam number 11. Uh, out in a, February. Still not the final issue. Still resolicit. Uh, which is good. I don't want it to be a final. I like Shazam. I just wish it would stop getting delayed. I, I think, you know, this is the penultimate chapter of that story. So 12 yeah. might be your final issue. It could be, yeah. Uh, um, but this seems, I mean, I know whether uh, one's next get delayed by a couple of weeks, but this still seems relatively feasible based on when 10's meant to be out. Is 10 the next one? No, no, the next one's like 9, I think. But, okay. But it's like 9 December, 10 January, 11 February. That's plausible. They've not all stacked up, like, you know, because remember when they're delaying them all and it was like, okay, they're now all four of them out in the one month. <laughs> we, we will still go, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think the track record of this book says it's unlikely, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I, I think it's Stargirl. I think it's Jeff Johns' show running a TV show, and I think that's yep. why. I think that's the reason why. Because it's not like he's ever had much of a problem before, like this last couple no. of years. This show better be worth it, though. That's all I gotta say. Oh, I hope so. Uh, Suicide Squad number three, Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad. Super exciting. Um, oh, actually, that reminds me. Um, t- t- so... He's doing deceased, you know, deceased, you know, the unkillable, unkillable right? the second yeah. one, right? Um, but someone asked him on Twitter this week or last week, um, like, oh, I, I love doing DC work. Are you doing any more stuff on continuity? And he said he's doing Suicide Squad and anything else. We'll see. And I remember thinking, oh, he's teasing maybe something else he's got in the works. And deceased has popped up, but that's obviously not in continuity. So I'm just thinking now, oh, does that mean there's something else maybe for after that that he's got kind of? I think it might be because it was funny because when he made that tease, oh, if there's something else, we'll see. And then it was later that week, you know, that we started, you know, he started teasing Unkillables. And and then you you kind of forgot about the earlier thing because you're like, oh, this is yeah. his new book, right? Um, so. But yeah, he did specifically say it was in continuity. We know he's got a, a story in tech, I think, uh, one of the issues. Yeah, we'll be reading tech next month because that's his, his issue. <laughs> then, yeah, we're there. Yeah. Uh, just jump in for one random issue attack. Uh, but uh, so yeah, Suicide Squad number three, Supergirl thirty nine, still Jodie Hauser. Uh, not final issue. I'm glad that book's thriving. Um, with a not art gem variant. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, someone else who's kind of art gem esque. Black, Black metal Supergirl versus Wonder Woman. That's uh, uh, that's rad. Just just frustrated with the art gem one is that it's it's not bad, but it's just the face just isn't as good as when art gem does it. 
It's just a little off. I, well, I no, but I give Art Germ credit now for creating a style of variant cover. Oh sure, yeah. That I, uh, ultra digital sleek kind of. Yeah, I agree. The the face isn't quite as good. I think that the texture work on the cape, I I really like in this one more than than I traditionally see in, oh, in our job stuff. Well, it's in the rain, so yes, yeah, the, 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 the artist's got a lot of work with with uh, what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. No. Uh, Superman in 20, of course, is out. Uh, Bendis' reign of love and joy on Superman continues, uh, as much as Connor hates it. Uh, we have Superman Smashes the Clan number three, the third 80-page book in that series. Yeah. Uh, so that's the final one as well, for the record. Has, Matt, have you read that yet? I started it, and then I have other things. I'll wait till it's all done, and I'll probably yeah. go back yeah, and read it. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's pretty hefty. Like, it's not a... It's not a difficult read because it is again aimed at kids. There's just a lot. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to get caught up on Checkmate first. You know. That's fair. Call up on That's checkmate. what taking my bandwidth. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Superman's um, pal Jimmy Olsen number eight is next. So I just started giggling because I clicked on the, the the cover for this, and it might be my favorite cover ever. It's uh, uh, a play on King Kong. Jimmy's huge and he's at the top of a building, and he's holding someone. Who's that? He's holding. I don't know, but he's wearing a, a loincloth with a bow tie. <laughs> it's the bow tie that makes it. <sighs> it does, right? Like, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, next up, Adam Glass is still doing Teen Titans, issue 39. He's a co-writer now, though. He's got a co-writer, true, true. But uh, uh, Terrific's number 25. Still not the final issue. No. no. Oh, man, and that, that main cover by Dan Mora? Mm-hmm. Who we? That's a poster. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, that is nice. And this this is actually interesting, this issue, because this is a pseudo-choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, and it's a 25th issue, so it's a lot oversized, $5, uh, like a lot of the other 25s have been. Uh, I did not expect Terrific to get issue 25, so I am impressed. I am pleased for it, even though I stopped reading it uh, at the <laughs> well, end of... It, it uh, is the last up. New Age of Heroes standing, right? Yeah, oh, by far, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'll probably go back and read whatever this last arc's been later. Yeah. Uh, for... Yeah, sake. I like Yang enough. I just again on on the week that it comes out, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and uh, this issue has more on interiors as well, not just cover. So oh, that's nice. People yeah. should enjoy that. Uh, Titans Burning yeah. Rage, last of the uh, you know the Walmart special reprints of the Titans book, so that's there. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty five and eighty six. That's still double shipping in February, and that is uh, Steve Orlando's books, of course. Yeah, and that's dealing dealing with fallout of uh, Event Leviathan. I think it's stuff to do with uh, Steve Trevor from the the first yeah. issue of that. Yeah, he was uh, he was arrested. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that makes sense. It's nice that it's spinning into that, even if I'm not super into Orlando. Uh, we got Wonder Woman. Uh, Dead Earth 2, this is the bi-monthly Black Label Wonder Woman book uh, by Daniel Warren Johnson, who's both writing and on art. So we've not been able to sample this yet, because obviously the first issue is next month, but uh, yeah. uh, we'll have a look. Uh, so that's a four-issue book bi-monthly uh, Black looking Label. Looking forward to it, though. Yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing what it is. Uh, Far Sector number four is out. Uh, that's four of twelve. Um, so that's cool. Couple of trade paperbacks here, presumably from the uh, the, the DC Kids stuff. Uh, Anti Hero uh, is the first one. Yeah, it looks like it just by the picture. Yeah, DC graphic novels for yeah. kids, and then the next one is young adults. Yeah, Lost Carvin, a Dick Grayson graphic novel. Um, yeah, we knew about this one, I think. Uh, Michael Moretti seem, writing it. Seems fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we got some Hill House goodies. We got Basketful of Heads number five, which I'm all in on uh, after issue one. 
Uh, 100%. Uh, it's issue five of seven. I thought that was a six issue, so I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take seven. I'll happily it take must seven. must have got bumped yeah. at some point. Yeah, maybe. Uh, then we got Daphne Byrne, issue two. Not been able to sample that one yet. Dollhouse Family, number four. We'll talk about issue one of that later. Uh, the Lolo Woods, issue three. Looking forward to trying that. Then we got the yep. Sandman Universe stuff. Books of Magic, 17. The Dreaming, 18. House of Whispers, 18. John Constantine, Hellblazer, issue four. Uh, the Last God issue five is that part of that or is that just a new? No, thing? that's the yeah. the big fantasy book ah, that okay, I yeah. read and loved. But Lucifer oh, seventeen is attached to Sandman Universal, right? It is. Yeah, yeah I don't know okay. why they're in that order. Yeah, it's a weird order. Uh, Dialage for Hero number twelve and Wonder Twins issue twelve, so those both end in February. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. And then Young Justice 13. And I get that they're putting that with the other Wonder Comics stuff, but it feels weird to have that separate from the DC Universe stuff because it is still those characters. But I think oh, it would Next month when Amethyst is down there with it, I'd say that would help. But then I realized Dialects for Heroes and Wonder Twins are going to be gone, so it'll probably be worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you seeing uh, Superboy with the Thor helmet, Matt, and freaking out? Oh, I don't think that they're going to Skataris, <laughs> which that is... Yeah. Oh, man. Of Warlord... Man, Bendis is just like, hey, I'm going to take all your favorite stuff and do all the weirdest things with it. <laughs> and I'm here for that. Because Young Justice is my Teen Titans. And uh, has all my favorite characters. So, cool. man, oh, man, oh, man. No, no, it's a very full solicitor, Solon. I was just uh, having a skim through some of the trades. Sure. There's a Batman Alfred Pennyworth trade collecting you know, a bunch of random Alfred things. They're really cashing in on this, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're definitely what he'd make money off the dead. They're doing a hardcover Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum, which is cool. Dang! That's always in print. Always a new version. Yeah. An yeah. absolute Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. yeah. Which says 240 pages. Can I correct me if I'm wrong, but the hey. actual story is only like 80 pages, right? I think so. Uh, so this yeah. must have a bunch of extras. Yeah. Uh, it says here includes further appearance from the Victorian Dark Knight, including uh, Countdown Special, The Search for Ray Palmer, uh, and Convergence Shazam 1 and 2. All right. So I, I, that always bugs me when we do that because I feel like they're, they're trying to justify an absolute by just. Because it was the same with the killing joke. It was like, oh, we need to shove stuff in it because it's such a short story. <laughs> but, what's, what's frustrating, though, is I think do it as an absolute, but charge less than your stand absolute because it's worth it for the oversized. Yeah. Ah, I think oh, that yeah. is. Oh, really Matt. Cool, Mike, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. I think that's the selling point of an absolute, right? Because otherwise you'll get a, you know, you'll go for an Omni or something like that. It's uh, it's it's the oversized pages that you're there for. And I think, especially with something like Gotham by Gaslight with, with Magnolia's art, that's going to look amazing blown up like that. Mm. Just do just that, have a thinner book, and just, you know, maybe put like 20 pages of like extras, materials, stuff like that. Not other stories, just, you know, bonus stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to see uh, Doom Patrol, the Silver Age Volume 2 coming out uh, trade because... I like those uh, silver and bronze age trades collecting just everything. Uh, I want them to keep going for the sake of did, preservation. Yeah. Did you see the I, Creature of the Night hardcover? I saw it was there, yes. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Wait, that's not the wrong one. There it is. Uh, I'm excited for that because I, I do want to read that. I loved issue one and two, but obviously they just delayed three and four so extremely. I actually um, saw an interview uh, earlier this week. I think it was the, the artist has been dealing with cancer. Oh, that's a shame. Which uh, explains a lot in terms of the yeah, schedule. Yeah, I almost feel. I mean, obviously we didn't know, so I don't. It's not like I was saying it in malicious, but I almost feel bad for making yeah. fun of the delays before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's. that's I mean, as reasons go for delays, it's up there. Yeah, it's just up oh, there. Shoot. Oh shoot! Yeah, Wonder Woman, the Cheetah trade paperback. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's included, guys? Issue eight. 
Wonder Woman issue eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, just another interesting one here. So they have the DMZ Compendium. So this is like because um, Image do these. So image, the, yeah. massive trades. Uh, you could kill somebody if you hit, throw it at them. You could probably kill a horse. I, do I hear about these though? Because I've seen the Walking Dead ones. Is that as soon as you open it, the spine's ruined because it just makes this big crease yeah. down the spine. You know what, um, it's too big. I saw on Twitter the other day, someone asked uh, Kieran Gillen uh, if, the, you know, now that Wicked and Divine's finished, will there be a compendium of, of that? Because that's, you know, about the, the length that you can get away with. It's I think in total, it's just under 50 issues. Um, and he's like, we've actually discussed it. As of right now, we don't want to because so much of, a, of their story relies on, you know, uh, double page splashes and, and spreads and the layouts. And you lose so much in the middle that they're like, do you know what? We're, we're actually going to just leave it. I think you'd be better off with two omnibuses that got sewn binding, so you can. Yeah, yeah. they've been doing the uh, the deluxe hard covers, mm. which are gorgeous. Uh, you know, printing editions. They yeah, are. Yeah, that's what not... Lazarus does. I have the first two of those. Mm. Yeah, so uh, there's going to be, I think, five of those in total. Uh, I've got the first couple. Um, yeah. Those those are great. Though. Yeah, they are. Lazarus. They're sturdy. Yeah, Saga as well has like big eighteen issue hardcovers that are again really nice. The same yeah. sort of thing. Um, I was just like, I never read DMZ, and I only just learned this week that DMZ stands for Demilitarized Zone. Yeah, <laughs> I never yeah. knew that. <laughs> yeah, well, and it was the first book that I remember seeing Brian Wood's name attached to. I have the first volume. I got it for five bucks on Free Comic Book Day, like last year, mm. and it's on my to read massive pile. Um, so, We've all got one, Matt. Don't worry. Yeah. I, my, my digital to read pile is absolutely insane to the to the point oh, where man. I have I have yeah. legitimately not bought a trade in six months because yeah. my to read pile is so big that the thought of yeah. spending money on any more sales is ridiculous, and I shouldn't do it. Un- until in about a week's time, where you have the huge Black Friday sale. <laughs> hey, if it overlaps with well, those buy one get one free ones, where I can combo the sales into a ridiculous savings, then maybe. Oh boy, that. Do you know what? I'm so glad that is going to fall right after payday for me. <laughs> <laughs> I say glad. My bank account isn't. Yes. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that's solicitors. Uh, these eventful solicitors, you know, new writers and some books, some new books, some big things. Um, so, and, you know, as listeners to this show, you're probably happy that you'll get an extra episode in both January and February. So uh, have fun with that. Uh, but that will probably need to take us on to some books, I, su- I suppose, wouldn't it? Um, before we start the books though I will use this time to tell you and thank our Patreon producers Uh, these are all patrons who are at least $20 and up on patreon.com slash mailflesstv so thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordis Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess and Talking Superman so thank you to them Uh, if you want to go over there and not necessarily donate that amount but you can donate for as little as $1 per month on Patreon and get some bonuses and like edited out sections like the wrestling talks that me and Matt do as well as other things uh, and keep all the content coming so go and have a look alright so we will start off this week's books with a new issue one uh, this is Far Sector which is written by N.K. Jemsen and art by Jamal Campbell and this is a new Green Lantern book introducing a completely new character at least as far as I know anyway I don't know if this character yeah, popped yeah. up yeah um, and it's a murder mystery that starts off with a, like a crime scene uh, on this other yeah. planet that again we don't really know the planet uh, no. just say, technically this is part of a young animal but it feels like it's kind of closer to DC continuity than, than just right. some of the other young animals yeah stuff that's has. fair um, to the point where I never even really realised I'm looking at the cover now yeah it does say young animal but <laughs> yes I, I know there has been some 
rumors that, yeah we, we've talked about this you know uh hero replacement stuff that's going to go on in the next year or two Hmm. Uh, there has been some rumors that you know this character here will be taking over as the Green Lantern uh, in main continuity uh, to the point where my shop actually limited this to one per customer. Oh, they're, they're thinking That's that people you. are going to want this as the first appearance layer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, so, well, because what we find out about her origin, it doesn't seem Green Lantern. It seems Green Lantern adjacent. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I think. That's how it is right now, but maybe by the end of 12 issues? Who knows? Maybe. Um, yeah, I do like her green lantern cloak, though. She makes a cloak for yeah. herself out of the, yeah. the, the light, the energy, so that's kind of um, cool. Borderline poncho. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the whole Mother Mystery thing is kind of westerny. Like She's in this this city that's never it, had murders, or not had murders in a long time, so they, don't, they all don't know what to do. They have no idea how to handle a crime scene. And, yeah. I, and I like that she doesn't really either, because she's not got a history in this. This is, like, this is like her first proper job as a Green Lantern. She's like, well, I've seen like murder scenes on TV, so don't touch anything. I know that, for, at least for a yeah. start. It's a good it, start. Yeah. <laughs> it, it somehow felt like this was going on right now, but also in the future. Mm. Or in like a, a parallel... It's, I think like, it's just this this planet that they're on. Um, platform? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Place? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I'm digging it. That, yeah. The vibe. It, it also reminded me of Blade Runner. Like, I can see that. It's kind of cyberpunky. Like the, yeah. Yeah, like the like the future. Well, even in the story, right, where she's, you know, and in, thrown into this mystery, she she can't trust too many of these people. Wait, does know? that mean like in issue two we're gonna get like a five page section where she's just looking at a computer screen going enhance? Thankfully, the uh, the Green Lantern ring does that all for her. Enhance. Yeah. Um, as a, the the art for as good as the story is, uh, you just stare at the art. Uh, Jamal Campbell like, Campbell's great. The the only yeah. the only thing I've got to say negatively about this art is that he just did Naomi, and I like the coloring in Naomi better to my eyes. Well, what I was going to say is interesting is because I I didn't read Naomi. I saw hmm. some of the sample pages, right. but but I think the coloring in this is a lot darker. It's a lot more muted, uh, a lot more, uh, playing with the shadows a lot more. And I love that in context of what this book is. Like, Naomi, from that, what I gather, was a lot more colorful and, and it popped yeah, yeah. more. Well, this, this has yeah. a like, Blade Runner neon, like Pete said, kind of cyberpunky, to where like there's a darkness, but that darkness is... You don't cut through with neon, and that's what I was getting here. Yeah, it's just, it's just a taste thing. Like I think, um, I think it's the mutedness of it. The muted, if it was, I, I think I like how vibrant Nomi was. So my only mm-hmm. complaint, and it's not that it looks bad because this looks great, is that the coloring is just maybe less to my taste than Nomi was. But mm-hmm. that's about it. That's the, that's the extent of my my criticism. Yeah, and <laughs> and the story, it's very very dense. I think I might need to read this again mm. to yeah. to pull in everything. Because they they drop you right in with a new Green Lantern, kind of tease her origin, but a whole lot of I don't want to say back matter. Well, there's a lot, a whole yeah, lot of the, background. Yeah, because we find on, out that there was three planets that warred, yeah. and they basically destroyed their their planets. Two of them. Two of them, yeah, and so they're on the kind of this artificial planet now that's got like a because it's like. Uh, she points out multiple times that they kind of like have like different like because it's like a big screen right there's like a big projection essentially on the dome of this planet and it's like right. here's the sky that we'll make it look like today but ev- but then she mentions later on that one part of each day for like you know whatever how long it is right. they open it up and you actually get to see the star the real sun and the real right. spit you know shot of space mm. and that's that's kind of a beautiful magical moment but um so yeah there's a lot of mythology building that like because it started throwing around like because one of these life forms is less is more synthetic one is a bit more 
Yeah, the AT-ATs, which yeah. that I, cracked me up. That was an intentional Star Wars jab because it was, yeah. you know, the AT-AT pronounced AT-AT. And because I, I don't know if Pete's aware of this, there is a, an yeah. ongoing debate to this day on how that is pronounced in Star Wars, whether it is AT-AT or AT-AT. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, actually, you know, kind of putting that pronunciation right. there felt like a, a particular job. I'll be honest, there. I can't look at the, that that on paper. And not, uh, and not No, not that. Well, yeah, on this because it's the at sign symbol. But what I mean, is right. the, the Star Wars thing, actually seeing it on paper, I can't look oh. at that and not just see, see AT&T. Um, <laughs> so, you know, no mystique that's for a, me. That's a new one. I just yeah. every time I look at it, I just say AT and T or C AT and T. Yeah, so so what I'm getting from these different aliens that all cohabitate here, you have one that's almost Kaluan in that they are they're synthetic life forms, right? They're kind of machine like. Then you have one that are all kind of biological, but also kind of fish like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ones that are kind of plant based, but then they they break down even more. You have ones that are like pure logic. One that's no emotion and one that has emotion. Yeah, and, and they all have yeah. really long, weird names. Yeah. You know, for example, the page I'm on right now, the sort of the more royal-looking guy, he's he's Marth of the Sea by the Wavering Dark until the sun falls. That's his name. What, what I really liked about that though is because you know his his name has three sections, but right. we got introduced to someone of his you know his species earlier, and it was only two sections. So. Right. Uh, anyway, it does go on to say, you know, the extra bit of name does specify okay, just how important he is. Important, but I thought it was yeah. it was interesting that you you get that even before they it's tell a title. you because it's there's yeah. there's more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the victim, let's talk about modern mystery a little bit. Just come on this page, so it's a good time for it. Uh, the victim was Sven. Stephen. Was just well, it's missing an extra e. Yeah, but. Steven. 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 Sure. Steven. Uh, of the glacier by the wavering dark he's a male age 132 uh education drawn administrator by profession uh blah 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 so 132 so these people live a long time is that's the first thing we're learning there <laughs> well and and keep in mind too there's another planet so if they keep a year like we do that's just one revolution around the sun yeah, it could be a shower so, sort of cycle yeah, yeah that's true you know possibly but, so- um I think for all you know, logical purposes, we can assume that it's a year as we know it. Like you know, t- generally these things do mm-hmm. convert to that, right? Uh, but who knows? I could be wrong. Um, yeah. So yeah, you can always just read it as oh, the, the rings translating for her and us. Right. So it's yeah. an earth, it's an earth years, just so we can understand right. it. Uh, I can definitely see that. So yeah, so she's all about trying to prevent the next one. Um, and we get a this is where it starts like hey I should probably explain some of the backstory and we get the backstory of how the, mm-hmm. these planets fell and how they're kind of all because they're really tense this entire meeting because most of the issue is in this kind of like meeting room yeah. and all three aliens are you know they're constantly disagreeing they're ready to fight uh, tensions are high the, yeah there's prejudice amongst them like this is supposed to be the council but one of them slips up and says something I think it's the Green Lantern or someone standing by the Green Lantern yeah and, well, and, it's the uh the, the synthetic one goes to call them right. like meat bags or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's you get the sense that there's this uneasy alliance amongst them and that maybe this peace isn't as peaceful as we think it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, meat salads. Meat salads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meat salads. Um, so, no, really nice. Um, so, 
Yeah, so she yeah, so when she get the little hint of her origin mm-hmm. when she gets the ring, um you know, we 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 we, just, we we see the speech people say, I'll give you one year, one year uh, and a ring to make your will reality, like any Green Lantern, but also unlike. So someone gave her this ring in like a box. Right. This, was, this was not, you know, so-and-so, you have been chosen uh, No, and, and when she Green goes Lantern. to pick up the ring, it kind of molds, kind of like it was like a, like a liquidy sort of effect. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's Green Lantern, but Green Lantern adjacent, because no, you know, I'm pretty well versed in the Green Lantern mythos. I've never seen anything like this. No, th- this is new. I don't think this is a legit Green Lantern ring. No. I think that's maybe what will be interesting by the end of the story. Does she earn an actual ring? Yeah. Um, it it kind of feels in some ways similar to Jessica Cruz in that, okay, this was a ring from you know Earth 3 uh, mm-hmm. originally, and it's, well, okay, things like that. Or even Kyle Rayner, who was hand-selected by mm-hmm. Ganthet, right, yeah, to prove yeah. himself because, you know, Hal had gone off, so he gave him a specialized ring, you know. Uh, but... But yeah, I'm not complaining. It also felt very reminiscent to Teen Lantern in, in Young Justice. Where yeah, sure. I get that. We found her. Hers is, is kind of Green Lantern, but not really, too. It's sure. based off of that energy. So yeah, I, I mean, I like the character well enough so far. Um... Yeah. Oh, no. I'm into this. Like, I am. Um, it, it was a little dead, so I had to, break, I had to read it in parts. Um, uh, but at the same time, I, I really enjoyed it. I love the. I think, I'm not into the. Hardcore sci-fi like Pete is, mm. but but this did it for me. I mean, she's already more likable than Guy, so I mean that's that's straight off the bat. <laughs> Speak are. for yourself. <laughs> no, I I, I kind of love this. I, honestly, my biggest complaint is the ending. I think should have it should have ended two pages earlier. Okay, it's, it's just two pages of of extra fluff at the end that I think kind of just takes away from the pacing at the end. Uh, this this might be a thing where you know the 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 author has you know done uh, a bunch of very well regarded uh, novels, but I think this is a first uh, comic work. So mm. it could be just the the change in format, and maybe it is the only thing that feels weird because of it. Yeah, but she's going to see a suspect who's been held in uh, jail, right? That's yep. that's how we end the issue. Uh, but there's a ruckus on the way in, and when they actually get to the cell. Uh, the the body's been blown apart. Someone has killed him. Yeah, it looks ripped apart. Maybe from the inside. Yeah, it could, uh, it could it be a suicide. Like... I mean, I mean, it's a sci-fi planet or an alien oh. world. I don't, I don't know what methods of suicide they've got. This could be a suicide thing. But yeah, or they were suicided. Well, here's here's the thing that a big part of why this guy's a suspect is because he ate part of the victim, right? Yes. Uh, right. That, or at least that's what they think is uh, has happened. And um, it looks like something's come out from inside with the way the, the, the quote-unquote rib cage kind of seems to be sprawled out of from it there. Right. Uh, so I wonder if what they think he ate, because, you know, they say he was kind of in a food coma, essentially. Uh, was it the victim or was it something else? Or did the victim have something it's hard that not has to, done this? It's hard not to see some other influences here. It's hard not to think a little bit of Alien because the chest is, yeah. like, burst open. Yeah, um, definitely. So there's definitely some other sci-fi influences coming in here. Um, so I kind of agree with Matt. I think it was a little bit dense. It felt it, it did feel long to read, even though it was a standard issue book. Um, but I did like what I was reading. I meant the story. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was dense. It was a lot of stuff in there, but I didn't feel like it hurt. Uh, the pace to read felt it flowed quite naturally, even uh, if I, it was it took longer. I would say uh, a, I would probably it felt have, a little stilted at times. Yeah, I, I would probably have trimmed down the stuff around the you know, the, the table, you know, the meeting room. I think that yeah. stuff went on a bit too long in the middle, but. Fair enough. Personally, that was some of my favorite stuff, and and I felt it was kind of broken up into sections in that because you had the first section with the introduction bit, 
And then once they get into the victim and the lighting changes and you have kind of the the personal rivalries and then you actually have you know, the other the backstory does break up the, the rest of it as well uh the, the backstory of the 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 planet and the the what what there what what's going on here uh so it kind of it felt like it was kind of broken up into sections for me so i, I didn't feel like individually it went on too long no i did feel the middle dragged a little bit but i typically yeah. thought it was doing i really like to start in the end and what the general idea of this is I, so but see i also don't know if i'm just happy to be reading a green lantern book again <laughs> yeah. so uh, i mean I, I say that mostly as a joke because i did enjoy this um but yeah no it's it was really really good yeah you know i was really so, hesitant because i was like uh, young animals not really my thing so to know that this had that brand on it but i think that just as of right now it was just a kind of like the wonder comics um, yeah it's just part of something it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not continuity who knows uh right, right. I, I think the ending i think that page where you know you turn and it's just the the exploded body i think that's a better ending than just you know because then there's a page of them reacting in something some sort of shadow kind of yeah. flying across the room and her you know leaping into you know to, to try and stop it Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those last two pages just feel a little bit unnecessary. I think the 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 big reveal of the body as okay, that was our suspect. I think would have been a better, tighter ending. Mm. Um, but other than that, I kind of I kind of loved it. All right. Uh, what are we give it then, Matt? We written it. I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Carl? Yeah, I'm giving it eight point five as well. I give it an eight. Uh, light up quite a bit. Um, just pacing a little bit in the middle, just a bit, 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 bit more of a slog there, but. Hopefully that's something that evens out as the uh, story goes. But I think we're all down to read issue two next month. So oh, definitely. Uh, so it's good. It's a good thing. Uh, so that'll take us on to Event Leviathan issue six. Brian Michael Bendis yeah. writing with Alex Maleev on the art. This is the final of this mini, although as we said in the solicitors, far from the final of the story. Um, it's told kind of in hindsight uh, for the most part. We get some continuation of the, you know, Italia and... Uh, and silencer stopping the the vehicle you know the bat you know suv or whatever it was they were in um but everything else with superman and leviathan where leviathan reveals who he is um is told kind of in hindsight because lois is sort of writing her article and superman shows up and we kind of hear it all kind of after the fact and we hear and we find out of course that everything with batman and that happened in hindsight as well we're just sort of seeing it more you know I mean, yeah. I mean, it says three hours ago. It's not. A, it's not a surprise that it's in hindsight. It's just. No. Um, uh, if that's also whereas because I feel that the Superman stuff with uh, uh, with Leviathan that comes in later on as he's actually telling the story. Well, whereas the Batman stuff feels just kind of separate on its own already. Yeah. So, this is the thing with the reveal is, I've seen people say that they feel like it was anticlimactic, but as we know now, this is just part one into something. Mm-hmm. Right, and at this point, like, yeah, this whole mystery was who is Leviathan, but as silly as it's gonna sound, it's now led more to why is Leviathan? Yeah, and... because I mean, ultimately, some obscure manhunter that most of us have never heard of, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, was not going to be a huge shock or a huge like, whoa, him. Although I bet your ass there's one manhunter fan out there who's like, his mind is blown. Well. Yeah, so so me and Talking Superman were talking about this last month when this came out, and we kind of pinned it to Mark Shaw, but that doesn't answer any questions. It's not like here was the reveal, and there's a full explanation. It almost was like very like like on Lost, where 
you want this one question answered, and then that just opens the door to four more questions. You know, like like here we have if if you know about the Manhunters, they were the first, you know, uh, police for the universe from the Guardians, and you know how does Mark Shaw play into this? And now you have to look back into what you know he did as Manhunter, but he's also not the first Manhunter. So it's like I'm looking at, I'm at Ben is going like. Can I say, is your phone near your mic? No. Okay. No, no, no. There's been the odd little kind of. <laughs> I just happened there again. No. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's by my modem. I'll move it back to here. But um, um, it's by my modem, but not by my mic. So, anyways, um, what I was saying, Bendis has created like a like using a manhunter. He's kind of created a spider web to almost get stuck into. Um, so I don't feel like, again, this is not the end. Like, yes, this is part six, but, uh, of the, or issue six, but we're still going to go, um, a little bit farther. And as for the, the Mark Shaw stuff, it's, it's still a deep dive trying to figure all this out. Yeah. Um, I like some of the stuff, uh, Superman's like, he's, he's sort of like quoting him, uh, early on to Lois, well, well, the, uh, all the fighting's going on with Batman and uh, and Kate. Uh, and he's talking about how he's talking about how like Earth's kind of weird, and that it's the only place where a Manhunter isn't that special because like the mm-hmm. Justice League's here. Because he talks about how Manhunters were kind of like the Green Lanterns at a time, where yeah. there was a whole fleet of them and they were everywhere, and they were kind of there to be the cops of the of the universe. And now they've been kind of diminished, and everything's went to shit, which is kind of part of his motivation. But obviously, there's so much more to learn and dive into. Um, so no, uh, I like this a lot. I will say, um, there's a there's a two page layout at one point when uh there's a whole se- sequence where Batman and Damien and then the others kind of join in and doing singing language. Oh, um, so good. Yeah, that that was really fun. My only complaint is that the layout of the two page layout uh, yeah. page is that honestly it wasn't that obvious at first which way I was supposed to read that. Is am I going across the two pages and and rows or am I doing yeah. uh sort of down the page and then across? and then doing the other page. It, was, it wasn't necessarily obvious at first. Yeah, so. no, I just, because of the, they have that line that connects them, mm-hmm. I just read it from left to right, you know, like a See, I didn't. series of panels like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read down the page, and it seemed like, it felt like it made sense doing it that way, but I don't know, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it didn't. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but no, so now I'm looking up Mark Shaw, I found a, a, a really good... Um, a really good article that breaks everything down and like you look at his history and we should have seen all this coming and that's the type of mystery I like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like, like I guess you're in, you're in Lois's and the other detectives shoes here that if you, if you care to look up this stuff. Um, but no, I liked all of that with, with the reveal and how they were all surprised and then how uh, Kate Spencer how she reacts to this because they, they can't trust her because, you know, she is a manhunter. So, you know, they have to battle her. And um, I think is it Lois that brings her down? No, she's not there. <laughs> oh, no, she's not there. So who brings her Talia. down? Talia. I'm sure it's Talia. It's, a ta- it's Talia. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, I think what I like about that is that it's not that she's actually evil. She just panics because she gets no. really frustrated yeah. and ha- right. acts out. And Batman even says yeah. that at the end. I also like that uh, Mark Shaw's plan, Leviathan's plan for everything that he's done, 
is actually kind of inspired by Sam Lane. Sam Lane essentially wrote a report about how all the organizations are messing with the world and how, like, they should be dismantled and all that. And Mark Shaw's taken it and just done it. He's, he's took it as a to-do list, which wasn't necessarily right. the intent. Um, so that's really neat. So, yeah, we know who this is. I mean, we, we, once we actually realize who it is, it, cu- it cuts back to finally the moment where he took off his mask and talked to Superman. Right. And how he's like, no, we've made a point of not fighting you, Superman, because we don't want to fight you. We don't disagree right. with what you want to do. Um, but ultimately, by the end of this issue, because the rest of the team show up to help Superman, because they try and take him down, uh, the, the book ends with Leviathan saying, well, if Superman's not on our side, then he's not on our side. Um, yeah. And that, that's, you know, so be it. That's how it is. Um, uh, which is actually a great two-page spread uh, when the, all the heroes show up behind Superman. Yep. And uh, the island shook. Yep. Really, really nice. Um, I love the colouring in those pages because it's all yeah. cold and that, but once they show up, there's a lot of, like, once oranges. Yeah, and... once they pierce that bubble that Leviathan put them in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, no, I love that, the, you know, Sam Lane created this, and now Lois kind of has to deal with that. You know, like, what, what this means for the character going forward, and then when you think about some of the, the other Bendis stuff that he's been writing... And, like, I'm getting a lot of father issues going forward out of Bendis. Oh, sure. Can I just say, actually, the panel... Um, so after they, they sort of beat him and make him run off, uh, or as they're doing that, there's a panel of them looking up at him and he's just kind of floating in the sky, Leviathan. Yep. And I was getting such Magneto vibes from that that yeah. panel. Yeah. It looks like Magneto. But anyway, uh, at least in that panel. And, you know, Batgirl uh, rejoins everyone... Uh, you know, and even point out that Leviathan's going to be pissed at her and gunning for her because she, like, you know, infiltrated and betrayed them. Yeah. Um, and she's and like, and so Talia, Talia's like, we need to hit him hard. We need to go back at him. And then Arrow just tases her with a <laughs> taser arrow, which that just cracked me up. Um, so I'm curious to see where this leaves the DCU going forward because all of the clandestine agencies in the U.S. Are, are gone for right now mm-hmm. because of, of Leviathan, but Leviathan's still working in the shadows. And it's it's all framed around Lois writing an article as she's talking mm-hmm. to like Superman and the others, and it ends with her clicking publish. So we actually get a page of just the article, and it's Leviathan revealed. And it's just in case you know, you weren't following what was going on, it just it clearly explains that Mark Shaw is as Leviathan, and he's been trying to take down all the organizations. Um, and it just you know it makes it very clear. And the final page is just Leviathan reading this article uh, with a Guardian of all people. Um, yeah, and it's um, which Guardian was this? This is the guy that was left in the hospital bed, Har- right? Harper. Harper. Which then also this makes me think that man Roy Harper really caught it because we all thought he was part of this from the beginning. <laughs> And no, he was the only casualty of Heroes in Crisis. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'd argue the other casualty was our enjoyment of, of uh, books, but <laughs> other than that. Well, yeah, I've been talking about that's yeah. going to stick, because we, we all know Wally West is coming back at some point, you know, regardless yeah. if we're going to read that book or not. Um, I think he's not gone. What I like about this is that it doesn't defeat Leviathan. It reveals who he is to the world, so everyone knows he's coming. Yep. But his attitude here at the end is like, well, they don't want to help us. They want to like fight 
fine. Like, the, the, that's the last bubble is fine. Yeah. He's just like, okay, it's terrifying. It's done a good job of building him up to be this villain. I feel like this is a villain that we'll look back oh. on years later and say, yeah, this is like one of the prominent villains of the modern era. Because uh, I feel like the introduction and the build-up to him has been really good here. Uh, so, I'm, well, I'm into it. And, and yeah, because that's what he says to Guardian at the end. He goes, they would rather I burn this all to the ground than try to fix it. Yeah. And that's what he says fine to. And it's like, oh, well... You know, it was always my theory that he's actually a good guy, and I still think so. But now they've pushed him. Like you said, mm. like Magneto. Right? Magneto started, he just wanted harmony. But you kept pushing him away and telling him that mutants are terrible. And, all right, fine, then. I'm going to become the leader and put you guys under my boot. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I didn't even think about the Magneto thing until you brought that up this morning. So, good good pull, Pete. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, obviously the art's fantastic uh, throughout because yeah. it's Millie Eve it's been fantastic throughout the whole thing um, and he's coming back for the one shot uh, which is not the next time we're seeing it it yep. says Leviathan Returns in Action Comics 1018 which is that this month's issue? or next month's? I think it's next month 20th February so 19th January so 18th yeah. December yeah next month although yeah. technically it may be actually be the first week of January because the whole you know the week off then Christmas but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same difference um so cool what are you giving it matt what are you giving event advice i'm gonna give this one a uh, also an 8.5 no let's go nine i think I'm, i'll go nine yeah i'm going nine I feel I, i'm really enjoying this i i think it's really well told. I, I like the framing device i like the yep. the foreboding sort of build that it's got to something even more like this is like this was not about ending something here this was about setting a status quo for which stories are going to be told through from Bendis, presumably for a while. Um, I expect another mini, at least, after the one-shot uh, mm-hmm. about this, um, if not an f- outright event. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, an actual event. Not yeah. that, you know, this is called Event Leviathan, but it really wasn't. Um, but yeah, just real quick, I just, in doing some research about all this, found out that Guardian and that version of Manhunter were both created by Jack Kirby. Ah, so, so take that for what you will. Um, for for all this talk about DC going forward with this, you know, fifth age of heroes we keep hearing about in rumors, seems that like Bendis is going back to the classics and and recreating from there. Mm. So props on them for you know not us not being able to pick it apart and f- figure this out too soon. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll move on then. Uh, we'll move on to Superman number 17. So, Carl, you can keep enjoying your break. Uh, <laughs> Brian, make a this. I've been paying attention every, every like, yeah, two or three minutes. I'll just listen into whatever you say and go, mm-hmm. no, you're not done yet. Literally just happened to hear you go, oh, we're moving on now. And I went, okay, turn the sound back up because I was watching something else. And then, uh, yeah, never mind. Superman 17, Brian Michael Bendis writing with Kevin Maguire on the R, uh, which is cool because he was on Supergirl and his yeah. art's really nice and it was nice in this issue as well. Kind of a, a start of a new dawn for this book because we're finally done with yeah. the, the Rogel's R stuff. Obviously, the last couple were about introducing the Legion, uh, so mm-hmm. this is kind of the start of a whole new chapter in the main Superman book. And this is called The Truth, the start of this, this arc. Uh, so we've been hearing that he's going to reveal to the world that he's Superman. Uh, that Clark Kent is Superman and drop the, ident- the secret identity, um, and as that, as you know, for what this is, I think this was a great first issue uh, to to build to that. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Because you brought up McGuire, and we always talked about his expressions mm-hmm. on Supergirl were always so good. And this this book in particular is mainly a conversation between Lois and Clark. Um, and I, I don't think I could have picked a better artist yeah. to handle this. Because there are panels where there's no dialogue, and you know exactly what's going on yeah, uh, I mean, the, with both of them. The start of the conversation is Lois is going about the box that Lex gave her, so that's just like, okay, so yep. you're the villain crap. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> but... Um, right. You know, it's you know he's checking to see if anything is, is wrong, and she's like, "Oh, nothing," and uh, she's kind of freaking out. Um, but you know, again, like you say, great expression work. Uh, he's like, because I love the moment where he says, "Come fly with me," and yeah. he's, she's like, "No, I have to." And it's just it's the close up panels of the eyes, and he just kind of looks at her like, "Please," and she looks at yeah. him like, oh, "Okay," and then they're flying. And it's a really nice, it's just a nice Lewis and Clark moment, right? Yeah. Because uh, she's joking about, you know, not liking Clark, and then he's he jokes about it. She's like, ah, to my kid, and I love this big sugar bowl. He's, he's, right. You know, I married the idiot. Uh, so again, but this is a really smart thing here. He's not talking about revealing his identity in this scene, but this is the first scene of this new arc, you know, barring the, the little thing at the start about uh, him breaking up this fight with aliens um, in, in space. And... But it's thematically raising the idea of the dual identity. It's, it's making us... Not that it's something we don't talk about a lot of Superman, but it's making mm-hmm. a point of starting this by saying, hey, this is a part of his life that these are two separate characters. Even his wife has to kind of like jokingly discern between them. And right. it raises the question of like maybe this is something that should uh, should change. Um, and obviously it teases that at the end of the scene. Um, and we get a whole scene where Star Labs, this rogue group of Star Labs who are working this in the is, desert. <laughs> yeah, this is the same place that, that Connor went to that sent him to Gemworld. Yes, and they also accidentally put Superman in the Phantom Zone, uh, if, you, yep. if you call that. Or, or I say Superman, the, the Earth, but in the Phantom Zone. The Earth, yes. right, which we have that great Adam Strange moment. So uh, they're basically talking about how uh, they want to keep going and they want to sort of, like, they're not against Superman, but they get all their best, like, shady work done when he's not around. But then Superman just appears. It's, it's, it's this great thing where it's these two-page layouts, and the top top of the page, this big wide panel, this big, you know, cinematic vista shot of, like, the uh, the entrance to this underground base, and it's the sky. And then the second two-page layout, it's the exact same shot, but you just see a tiny little Superman floating in yep. the distance. And they all start freaking out in the boardroom, and they're, like, pulling cables. Yep. And then the boardroom's gone in the next page. Yeah, because well, the, th- the third page is, it's, again, it's the same yeah. shot. Superman's a little bit closer, but it's just all the employees are coming out. Like, they're all willingly coming out. And one of the things yeah. that the leader says is that he didn't even have to do anything. He didn't even have to snap his fingers. As soon as he showed up, everyone just surrendered and said, yeah, sorry, Superman, <laughs> you've got us. Yeah. Love it. Uh, the leader does escape, though, through a portal, uh, for the record. Mm-hmm. So she's still there. Uh, we get to read Lois's story, or Clark's story, even, uh, about... Uh, this this uh, Star Labs, yep. uh, he gets Kara to come and see him at the fortress, and is basically like, "Hey, come fly with me, come fly with me, come fly." I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, and they fly off, uh, and she's cracking jokes about him having a fortress, and they go and see Zod uh, on New Krypton, and yep. Zod's got kind of a farmer look going for him here. I don't know, I was getting Farmer Zod like building his New Krypton with his wife. Kind of, but also a bit of a revolutionary still. Sure, you I know? can see that. Yeah, like. Yeah, I see that. Uh, but it's kind of you know amicable and Zod. I, I love uh, the moment where Kara's like, "Look, 
I appreciate what you're trying to do here. You're trying to continue Krypton, but you've spent most of your adult life trying to kill me, so uh, yeah. I'm not going to trust you. And I love this like, little sort of uh, sequence here of four panels as Zod kind of looks at his nails and then has this big grin and then just sort of smiles and nods at her uh, in this kind of knowing way. I really like it. He has so much personality yeah. across without ever saying a word. But the end of the book is Clark saying to Kara, hey, I've decided I'm going to do something and it's going to affect you. Uh, so I, I need to, you know, tell you about it. And she's like, what is it? And he's like, it's about the truth. Um, yeah. And so it just ends with like him about to tell her that presumably he's, he's going to say, I'm going to tell everyone who I am, that I'm not going to have the identity yeah. anymore. And when you think about it, who this impacts from Lois to John to Kara, the, the staff of the Daily Planet, like, this is a big deal, and I'm glad that Bendis is treating it like that. And no, it should be. That this, this, this should not be that. Yeah. I hated how the New 52 like, did this. Yeah. Hated it. Me too. And no, this is something he chooses to do because things have changed and the world doesn't work that way anymore. Um, and he knows he needs to do it. And, you know, him going to Kara, which I did not necessarily expect, um, but I like that he did go to her and say, hey, I'm going to do this. Because presumably, once his identity is out in the world, people are going to be like talking to her and be like, hey, we know you're related to Clark Kent. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. who, who are you then? Because like, I, I, mean, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, kayfabe, you know, Kara is, is Clark Kent's cousin. I don't think they've established that. So No. Um, well, it's Kara Danvers, right? Yeah. True. So, yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I like I this just... a lot. Superman puts out his identity there, and then you think there's going to be pressure. But then you also think, well, she's going to be infected coming up soon, so this is... Mm. We won't have to worry about this in her book until maybe later. I'll um, tell you what I like about this. is I, I like the first chunk of uh, the main Superman book. I like the Rogozar stuff, but it was definitely the inferior uh, of the two books uh, compared to action. I think this yeah. arc is its first chance to maybe match or surpass action because yeah. if it if it's told the big monumental like game changing Superman story it should feel like then it has a chance to really delve into the character and do some really exciting stuff with it. Uh, but I really like this issue uh, a lot. Yeah, and it, and it definitely it's, this has been the more personal of the books, whereas action's been the more plot mm-hmm. focused with the stuff that's been going on. So. Here, this issue taking time for them to have that conversation, because in that in that there's a a page that's just the, the two columns, and where you know they talk about he's had a lot on his mind with everything that's happened with you know Leviathan and his dad and then Lois's dad and just like he hasn't had time to sit down and think about what all this actually means. John going off to the future and all this other stuff, and I just like that you get to see that human side that we haven't really got to see in a while. Yeah, um, so. I no, I concur with that. Um, uh, I like this a lot. I think you know. I mean, I enjoyed the Legion setup issues well enough, but like, you know, mm-hmm. they were kind of a means to an end. They weren't necessarily invigorating yeah. on their own. Um, I think this uh, feel like a, one of my favorite issues of this book in a while. So I am, yeah, I am pleased to be on a new path. So, uh, like I say, McGuire's art is beautiful. It's perfect. Uh, it I is. imagine I imagine he's played... I mean, maybe he's done the whole arc. I don't know. Maybe that's why he's off Supergirl, because of, he's nabbed him for Superman. He's like, you know what? That MacGyver's guy is quite good. I'm going to take him. Yeah. He's uh, going to have to do something else. Jody Hauser. <laughs> Get someone else. <laughs> yeah. Because he's mine. Uh, but maybe that'll work because she's going to be infected soon, so... Yeah. So we'll have a different art style that'll fit it. Uh, what are you giving the book, Matt? I'm going to give this an 8.5. 
Yeah, I, I'll agree with 8.5. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, good jumping on point as well, let's say. Yep. Start, start of a new arc. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on then to... And I just want everyone to know that we, we took a break there to talk about how insane the Christmas schedule was uh, and yeah. sorted all that out <laughs> over 20 minutes. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, let's just say the week Doomsday Clock 12 hits, which is a big day in and of itself because of Doomsday Clock, there's like 16 other books that we all read. Anyway, next up. And there's a lot of big ones in there as well. Yeah, Harleen issue 3, for example, which is like 80 goddamn pages. So anyway, uh, The Flash, issue 82, Joshua Elmson writing with Rafa Sandoval on art. This is the start of the Rogue's Reign. Um, arc, uh, so a completely change of pace, which was welcome, I have to say. I mean, before I even get to how I feel about the actual story in this book, it was just so nice to not be talking about uh, Strength Force and, and you know, the Stealth Force and all that yeah. other bollocks. Yeah, That would be nice if it it's... wasn't shy. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Man, I'm sad. <laughs> like... <laughs> If that was a human representation of a meme, I would be the Kevin Sorbo disappointed. Disappointed! Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like and and one of our one of our viewers hit me on Twitter to find out what I thought before and I hadn't read it. And then I finally got to read it around yesterday afternoon. Oh man. This sucks. <laughs> also, I'm just confused about the timeline. There's some, yeah, like, this is the thing. So, for, for forgetting, forgetting kind of what's going on in the story, everything that would be happening would be fine conceptually if this was, like, after a big time jump. But the doom sign's in the sky, and this is and, clearly set right it now. still feels like a time jump with everything that's going on, there's, which... There's a, there's a line of dialogue really early on when they see, a, a, like, a flash symbol on the yeah. wall, and the guy goes, oh, oh. You, know, uh, you know, haven't seen one of those in a long time. Yeah, it feels oh, like... Oh, you know what that is, though? Yeah. That was from year one. That's what that was a reference to. Because uh, uh, I, I just, thought like, about I hadn't that. seen a flash symbol in a while. I'm like... Yeah, no. And I, and I was like, are they telling us there's been a time jump? Yeah, I, I, was, I, was thinking it, I was thinking at least a year had passed. But, I mean, the Doom symbols are going to be there for a year because I'm sure it's going to be all dealt with in Justice League in a yeah. few issues' time. So, no. <laughs> here's, here's my theory on it, and this doesn't make the story any much any better yeah right because i still don't like the characterization of of cold and other things um exactly i'm not calling that (laughs) it's like when andy in the office comes back wants to be called drew i'm not calling you that i think the sad part Um, of this is i i actually like the idea of a story where the rogues actually win and we see what mm -hmm. happens after that but yeah just not like this (laughs) so so this is they they make a big deal that that Cold has mastered the 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 tech for the the mirror realms, mm-hmm. and that this is essentially a mirror world brought to life in Keystone and Central. That's why Mirror Master and Heatwave and Weather Mage. I'm not calling him Weather Wizard because that dude's a straight up mage now. <laughs> um, that's why they were in Keystone, and that's why they showed up in like hologram form. This is an actual reality. Whatever the 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 rogues have done, they've put the two cities almost in like a mirror world where all this has happened. So maybe more time has gone by. Maybe right? yeah, time's moving differently. And, but in the outside world, which they can still see through whatever with the doom symbol, it, it's been you know a couple hours, if so, you know we'll say, because I feel like the speed force is at play here. 
Yeah. Are we really going with Speed Force, bro, as the yes, reason for this? Yes, yes, that's what we're, mm-hmm. what we're doing. Uh, so basically, uh, they're in control. It's kind of like an almost Batman No Man's Land-esque version of the cities, but under snow and ice because, you know, cold's in charge. Cool. And uh, ultimately, they run into Commander Cold, they have a bit of a fight. Uh, Commander Cold seemingly gets decapitated. He gets frozen and decapitated because uh, the, the book ends with... Uh, Captain Cold throwing his frozen head to Barry, who's not dead. He keeps saying that he's been he's dead all issue, but it turns out no, he's not dead. He's telling that to everyone, but well, Cold's actually got him chained up in his dungeon. Right. The 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 Flash is dead, but Barry's very much alive. Yes. Um, and do you know who's not alive? As well as Cold, but the the other dudes that that Cold just tries to kill, uh, or maybe he does. I don't know if Commander Cold actually gets in the way or not. It's hard mm. to tell with the art, but yeah. That whole line is, oh, I used to live by a code. Never kill unless it was do or die. Eh, who cares? Uh, two, two henchmen yeah, yeah, get killed, yeah, or whoever they the, are. The characterization of Cold here is garbage. It's how I felt on the when he first showed up on Flash on the TV show. Mm. Or like, this isn't the Cold that Johns wrote where he was this blue-collar guy that did have a code that was like, we're going to steal from people. It's even worse when he acknowledges that, yeah, that, no, that yeah. has been Cold's character for exactly. a long time now, is he has this code of not killing people unless exactly. he absolutely and, has to. And that's what I was going to say. On the show, they never touch on that. This is just the show's version of Cold. Okay, fine, I can get over that. But here, now you, you grow a beard and a parka and you're shooting, you know, frost beams from your hand, and now suddenly that code's out the window because you quote one. Nah, man, this cold garbage. I don't like it. I, I, I don't know. I'm digging the giant cold fists. Yeah. I'm not really. Oh no, he's Sub Zero. Like, I just Sub Zero uh, now, Plain Zero. Sorry, I can't believe how much I hate this right now. And yeah, you know, th- this 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 run was so positive for a long time. Yep, one of my favorite things in comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rough, rough, rough patch for the Flash. It's funny how both of them kind of have kind of went downhill and. I mean, I don't think it's well, because you can't have a 100-issue run that's good from start to finish. No, I think you can. I, I, you can, just not in the span normally you would have 48. Sure, I don't <laughs> even know if that's that's the problem here because, you know, you, they got through, you know, both of them generally has been got through that first 50 or so issues mm-hmm. without, a hu- without any huge problems, you know, things here or there. But generally speaking, we, we would consider them, they're the good part of the run. If you just spread that out over two years instead of one, We'd still be saying, yeah, no, that was that was a, a a good fifty issue run there. So I don't think it's the timing that's anything to do with it. I don't think no, it's the compressed but there's, scale. There's a lot, or the decompressed scale, of of it where they're using issues to to fill out stuff that we just doesn't add to the story. I no, I think you know? that is a problem, definitely. Um, but I don't think it's the only problem because I think even if you just if, if we were just rereading this now, I think the concepts and the story as a whole are just weaker. Yeah. Like significantly. Well, all of the you know, the other forces stuff, even if you just yeah. don't decompress all of that, I still think it's a weaker story. Yeah. No, that's true. But it doesn't help that we spent, you know, four issues when we could have had two on 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 the strength force and then the the you know, the the sage force and all of that. It's just but stupid me is going to keep reading because I hate myself. Because I need to know where this goes. Uh, well, I mean, at this point as well, we're so far into the run, uh, towards the end of it, that it feels weird to quit now. Like we... Yeah, well, yeah. M- maybe if there'd been a flash on that hell week, I might have reconsidered. But... <laughs> the hell <laughs> yeah. week being week three in December. Matt, your mic's going. Um, oh. So, like, yes, yes, for the record, 17 books in one week. Just 
and one of them's yeah. Harleen, which is 80 pages, and one's Doomsday yeah. Clock, and another one's another long Black Label oh, book. There's, yeah, anyway. there's uh, the, the, the new Wonder Woman one. Yeah, Seven, 17 books, which is why... And also, the final issue of King's Batman run, officially, yeah. kind of. Yes, they're the 85, yes, but not that many, yes. And then the final Scott Snyder Batman book is That's that oversized, yes. yeah. Uh, so basically, what's happening when we get to that part of Christmas, that part of uh, the, the month, is you're getting two episodes for that week's books <laughs> because we can't do them all in one episode yep so that's what's happening uh and not to be confused with your annual episode which you'll get soon after doing the end of your stuff so yep embarrassment or riches well for you guys for us it's just bloody dc <laughs> so do, do we just want to rate this and be done with it kind of <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we just don't want to talk about this that much do we it's just it's just really mediocre like some of the ideas in this aren't necessarily terrible but it just it feels kind of shoehorned and enforced and and uh commander cult's not dead like williams i i have more belief in williamson that he doesn't set up like who this guy is from the future just to kill him off in this story yeah like you know? i'm okay with the concept of the them taking over the city and even the yeah. world stuff it's just the characterization and the, the the forcing of it all together because it's time to do it now uh doesn't work for me yeah no me neither and and just the way like his his the people he has working for him it just feels forced like this isn't cold to me you know like this I is could... the, this is city of cold this is this is you know... i think no that's yeah thing. it's not the timing so much because Sure, you could complain. Oh, you know, maybe maybe it feels worse because we're doing City of Bane at the same time, and it's the Doom symbol and all right. that. That doesn't even bother me that much. If if Cold was behaving as Cold does, right, uh, then this could be quite compelling, and I'd, I'd be fine with still having him in charge of the city. No, when I'm talking about right timing, now. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about actually building to it so it feels that we've naturally, you know, yeah, led to we this. Had, we had these like teases over the last few issues of okay, they're up to something, and then nothing of. I'm taking over uh, Central with with mirrors, and I'm going to become king. Like no, that was no, it was there. It was just, I'm going to take it over, so Flash can't get in my way, and I can do what I want. You know, yeah. like like I feel like like the type of of state that Captain Cold would create would be a libertarian. Hey, there's no police. You take care of yourself. You know, don't let me don't let me catch you taking advantage of the weak. You know that type of of society. He wouldn't make himself king, you know? Like, not my Captain Cold. <laughs> Is that what we go with? Not my yeah, Captain Not Cold. my Captain not Cold. Not my Captain Cold. Oh, man. Like... Yeah. Um, I, I will say, because there's very little flash in this, uh, Sandoval's art actually worked for the most part in it. Mm-hmm. That's true. I thought um, uh, Wallace's face looked really weird because yeah, I, I, I don't know if that was just me because i actually think the last page with barry and the change in the shadows and these suits all ripped actually looks quite good i thought that was a... there's there's something about the way that with the rip mask and the hair the way it kind of comes through that i don't like it feels really flat like in in you know in reality you know when with the with the the mask over there that would be pressing down and the hair would be kind of popping up around it it doesn't feel like there's any extra pop it feels like it's all just on a, a very flat level um so it kind of it kind of feels off because of that. Hmm. So that's weird. I don't know. I'm not gonna defend it that much. <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. You know, as as his work on Flash issues go, this is you know in the better half for sure. Yeah. All right, Matt, what are you rating it? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give this a, a a five. I did not enjoy. Connor. No, I'm giving it a four. 
Whoa. I will give it a... Just split the difference. <laughs> Alright, fine. 4.5. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I was... Yeah. Yeah, 4.5. Alright, that is uh, that's Flash. That'll take us on to Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, issue 3. Jodie Hauser writing with Adriana Melo on the art. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt read this. Did you read this book on her? I did, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Take it away, the period then. So, we, we missed issue two, right? We didn't talk about it because we got bogged down in other stuff. I think, we, I think it was a busy week. Yeah. So, basically, in issue two, they fight the Floronic Man, right? And they, they kind of find out that the Green's been poisoned by him and whatever's going on with the Doomwork. Yeah, and they go um, away to get some help uh, from, from Mad Hat. To, to fix Ivy's head, right? Yeah. So that leads him here to a miniature golf course where Mad Hatters, they kind of hint that he'd been thrown out of Bane's Gotham, right? Yeah, there's definitely a line to that effect. So and, maybe he left. I, don't, I can't recall. Yeah, really. and so, but I, I definitely remember him being there uh, as one of the police, right? Mm, I will take your word for it. Okay. Because I don't so, well enough. So anyways, they, they go to him because of his mind technology, see what they can do to fix and you know, he's talking in riddles like he, you know, normally does stuff from, you know, Lewis Carroll books and whatnot. Yeah. And he puts a card onto Ivy and whatever, you know, was in that, that fertilizer has, you know, it's making it impossible to fix her because they put that card on her and these flowers pop up and consume it just as she's starting to feel herself again. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's, very parasitic. Yeah. And so, you know, um, at the same time, Matt Hatter is looking at this like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to get Harley finally to, to join me in my gang. So he's, you know, he develops one of his hats with the technology, but it looks like her old school. With the, the jester you know, cap. Jester stuff. At the same, uh, while that's going on. Um, there's a there's I a really need... great layout when, uh, when Harley confronts him and, he, you know, yeah. he pulls out a card and. Yep. The layout is like you know, like a, a playing card where you have the number in both corners, yep. uh, and then the the, you know, the the rest of it across the middle, and the page is laid out like that, and it's it's kind of gorgeous. Yeah, and I will say about the normally I say like, look, I love Ivy, right? She's one of my favorite characters. I don't mind cheesecake art at all, and like pinups and whatnot. And I really like Mello's art. Typically, I felt a lot of the Ivy stuff here was cheesecake for cheesecake's sake. Uh, and it kind of goes against the story in that way. Uh, this is supposed to be, you know, Harley and Ivy, you know, doing stuff for themselves. What's interesting is I actually think any of the panels where Ivy is with Harley, mm -hmm. it's not at all cheesecake. No. It's but only like, when she's on her own. And and notably at the end when she's more powerful and, you know, and, and doing stuff. When she's kind of yeah. out of it at the start, it's, it's really not at all. Yeah. There, there's one where she's battling Floronic Man stuff, and just the proportions on it, you know, yeah. the side profile. I just yeah, I'm I like, look, normally, like, if this is just, again, pinup art style, that's cool, but I feel like it kind of gets it's distracting. You know, it's, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gratuitous, I guess. Sure. You know, and normally I don't want to complain about this type of stuff. But it's far from the worst I've seen. I think it like I, said, I oh, think yeah. for me it's it's interesting that it seems to be happen when she's kind of doing something powerful. Whenever it's just yeah. normal shots of her and, and Harley or when she's out of it, 
Um, so it kind of feels like a power play uh, in, in the way that it's drawn maybe. in that regard. Maybe. Uh, don't, don't, don't know if I, maybe I'm just defending it too much here, but, yeah, it, but it's just the way it felt it, to me. It, typically, there it's good. I just That's my one takeaway. It gets a little too cheesecakey in parts. Mm, even, even some of the stuff with Harley, you know, just the way she's drawn. I mean, um, but yeah, I just... Not a normal complaint for me, but just looking at Ivy and some of these... Yeah. Maybe I'm just protective of Ivy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You but know? yeah, like I say, you know, uh, Florent Man actually manages to send things mm-hmm. after them um, yeah. from quite the distance. That kind of right. worries uh, Ivy. Well, um, she snaps out of it a little bit to fight them. Yeah, and so what, what gets me there too is that it's almost like whatever Lex used for the fertilizer to send, you know, is what's also powering Floronic Man. Because it seems like these flowers are what's causing her issues. Right, because she keeps end up being be able to touch the green, and she feels fine when she can communicate with the green. It's fine. It's when that uh, connection is disrupted, is when she feels weak and and whatnot. But um, but yeah, so she finds that uh, Harley finds that the Floronic Man is has sent these people, and they're gonna work with Adder to bring him Ivy, and so of you know Harley ends up fighting them. That's how she gets taken, and the the Jester hat gets put on her. And um, Ivy breaks through to settle the score with with Ben Hatter, and she's pissed. But um, but she so decides she not to, the, to kill him because right? I, uh, because Harley's like, hey, Harley. we can't kill people anymore. Right, we're trying to do this hero thing. Yeah. So she gives him a kiss, right? But in that that pheromone way, where she tells him, "Never stop planting things here until I tell you to stop." Yeah. So and then they leave. Um, she pulls the the hat off and you know harley's like oh i'm kind of proud of you for not killing him but, but also i did I say, was just gonna kill him so it's fine right i mean well what it's a wash so they go to leave and um there's a as they they take this car which she says that you know it's stealing for the right reason so heroes do this all the time yeah. um but they go to leave and it, and it focuses on i think it's the back of her head or her shoulder and um there's these two little uh, flowers that are emphasized. And as you know about Pharaonic Man, it's the Parliament of Flowers now. Yeah, and um, they, they actually look evil, these flowers. They have yeah. like little, little eyes on Be- almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of great. Yeah. So, but no, it, it's very enjoyable. It's a nice, light, fun it's book. It's such a fast read, this issue yeah. in particular. Um, yeah. I found uh, very enjoyable. Like, uh, you know, and the art flows so well. I know, I know Matt mentioned those critiques, but it, it's... You know, it pops, it flows, it's got a real pace to yeah. it. And um, Mello and Mello and Hauser make a good, really good team. Yeah, um, the the dialogue is really snappy and smart. Yeah. And it, like you said, and it does flow. Um, and it's just like the characterizations of both characters are the versions that I like the most. Yeah. Right. And and I can excuse the the Ivy not being herself because that's part of the story. That's kind of the whole point right now. Yeah. yeah right. And then it's not the annoying Harley, you know, that I don't like. Where's the well, constant quip and it's, it's you know, where she's trying to be I, Deadpool. I actually think, you know, in terms of you know, we talk about how there's there's often multiple Harleys running around. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you've you've got Suicide Squad Harley and you know uh, the the Harley Quinn solo book Harley. Right. I think this actually feels very similar to the solo book Harley for the most part. Yeah, which I know is the the type of Matt says he doesn't like. Um, this well, is like half a step removed from that at most. It's so similar. It's way more it just, on that end compared to the she's Suicide not, Squad stuff. Well, she's not mugging at the camera, breaking the fourth wall. 
yeah, it's that just the lack, the, the lack of fourth world stuff. But I think in terms of the actual characterization, yeah, uh, I think this is definitely on in keeping with uh, that that spirit yeah. of Harley. Well, it's certainly closer to that too, and she's not the you know the, the sexed up version that yeah. we've gotten in like you know New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah, that stuff wasn't so, right. And I feel like there's a Harley Renaissance right now with all those black label books and. You know, and I've never really considered myself a Harley fan, but there's there's become not... a point now where there's enough books that maybe you are. Well, yeah, there's versions of it that that I that I do like, but I was gonna say when she teams with Ivy, it's usually a, a you know positive for both of them that they both play off of each other really well, and uh, Hauser's using that strength that strength here because that's what this is. It's it's a road it's a buddy road type story mm. where they're gonna you know get ivy fixed when harley will do whatever it takes so uh but yeah it's i'm glad i got caught up with this one yeah me too it's, a, it's an enjoyable read so what'd you rate Connor? uh i'm giving this a straight eight out of ten um, okay i really enjoyed yeah. it i'll i'll give it a 7.5 just for the art reasons that i got distracted by so mm. but it's still still good nonetheless i'll tell mute myself before i spoke i was about to, <laughs> i've already come back i was like oh i'm not i'm, not, I'm muting myself and uh, that'll take us on to Batman and the Outsiders issue seven, Brian Edward Hill writing with uh, Cian Tormey. Let's see, Kian, Kain, Sian. <laughs> I don't know how to his name. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm interesting. Really intrigued as to how this is spelled now. Yeah, uh, C I E N. Could be Sean. It's if it's an Irish name. But, uh, Silly Irish name. That's a name. <laughs> <laughs> silly irish it's, name uh, so, oh yeah it's definitely an irish name yeah so this is um uh, the first issue of this book with it's not had dexter soy on art if i recall correctly uh so barring the and as, bar the as much as i've been enjoying soy this is not a bad replacement it, it lacks what soy brings to it but still yeah um, it's definitely not as good as soy i mean i think that's the first thing we have to say is that it isn't why did i just click so, on flash again so, so the name is is pronounced Kian. So Kian. Oh, yes. I was. I said Kian. That was close. That was right. the closest to my first guess. <laughs> Not Sean, though. Connor, so. No, no, Sean. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a woman's name that gotcha. can can often be spelled like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. He could be making this up. We have no idea because it's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I I'm gonna be, believe him though. He true. said it with authority. It's just, it's just nonsense. So. Uh, so last issue, uh, Duke got nabbed by uh, Caliber. Of course he did because he's useless. Hey, to be fair, Matt, I seem to recall you saying after the last issue that Duke did not upset yeah. you in that issue, and you are. Yeah, he doesn't make him not useless though. Well, let me let me have my parody, all right? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so he's got him chained up in a truck, and he's like, "Ah, you're going to be one of us, and you're going to stop looking at the light and start seeing the dark, and you're no longer his signal." Blah blah blah. And uh, meanwhile, they've got Sophia um, on the plane that I do Katana and Black Lightning, and Katana's trying to talk to her. Uh, plus, uh... oh no, this is Caliber, right? I called the other guy Caliber. Uh, who's the bad guy that's got Duke? Um, I forgot his name. Oh, shoot. I just tried to look through my iPad like I was flipping pages. <laughs> don't mind me. Uh, it's Caliber and who is Ishmael. Ishmael, there you go. Ishmael, that's the one. Yeah, because you have Ishmael and Babylon. So yeah. they, they're definitely going to those names. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so 
basically, Caliber accuses Blacklightning of having a thing with Katana, and he's like, nah, don't be silly, she's married still, and he's like, yeah, to her sword. <laughs> That doesn't count. Um, and Orphan is after Duke. Uh, you know, Batman's talking to her over the comms. He's like, I'm on my way, don't go in yet. And she's like, nope, I'm doing it. <laughs> like, because I'm Cassandra Cain, damn it. I was, right. This was a super quick read. Once the action got going and it was Cass, yep. like, chasing down this truck on her bike and, you know, she's jumping to the truck. It was a really fun action sequence. Like I say, not as good as art as Dexter Soy, but the sequential action of it was still quite good. Like, I was still pretty, following pretty good. it. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't bothered that it wasn't Soy. Um, and yeah. it's still Soy-esque. So in, in, in some of the designs, um, good. um, but, but yeah, so orphan goes in and they go into the truck and then it cuts back to Katana where Babylon, I still don't understand how this works. Cause I forget what her power set is. Um, she had strength cause she, she survived a car accident. Remember? Yeah. But so there's, you know, she says pain brings me strength, mm. strength until there's no pain. And she starts slamming her head against the side of this plane yes until it breaks the cuffs um and she goes the steel katana sword as caliber's you know talking to um lightning or that you bring up that she's married to the sword um yeah to to where we get a betrayal of caliber yep who who would have guessed that the guy that just like cable <laughs> would, would betray betray them all yeah, I just I love the scene with Orphan though, because it's cutting back and forth between them as we go. Uh, mm-hmm. And Orphan, you know, she's putting an explosive on the side of the truck, and then Ishmael jumps up on top with his sickle. Uh, it's just this yep. great action scene. I can you know I can see this scene playing out in a movie and just the the fun yep. of it. Um, well, and then, and it's intercut with the stuff on the plane too. So we yeah. see, you know, Babylon, you know, getting ready to stab uh, Katana, and then it, you know, the gun gets pulled on lightning, and then it goes back to the fight scene. Yeah. So I will, you know, Brian Hill's very good at this type of stuff because we've said that before where they've read very fast. He he writes for action well. But yeah, he, Ishmael and Orphan are, are really bringing it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he she's brings up her mom. Snapping and arms and yep. whatever. I like the ending of it actually because she kicks him off the truck and he says, I cannot die. And she kicks yep. him off the truck and says, good, because I cannot kill. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, such a good moment. Yeah. Um, and... Um, there was another thing in there that I wanted to bring up. Let me find it on the fight scene. Oh, no, it was the, I, uh, I'm free now, right? Because mm. he goes, you know, just the only way you can stop me is by setting yourself free. And so it's setting up this line here that, you know, she's making this choice. Yes, yeah, she could be like Shiva and, and her predecessor or her predecessors, her parents. She's making that decision still. Um, and she says that she's free now, and then that leads to the "I cannot die," what Pete said, because yeah. I cannot kill. Yeah. Um, so Cass gets Duke, and he's changed though. You know, Ishmael has done something to him, and he's got uh, lights in his eyes. Um, yeah. And he says he only sees darkness, and you know we see the big doom sign. I mean, I could have done without the doom sign in the sky again because I'm sick of big seeing time. it at this point. Um, meanwhile, on the plane, uh, Caliber's uh, set off an explosive, so the plane's coming down, and it's coming towards yep. the city. So that's kind of the cliffhanger is that the plane's coming down on Gotham. Yeah. And you know, so, cool. see you next month. Hmm. Yeah, but so Caliber's betrayal, I, I like it, but I don't like. Just because, but I like his reasoning for it, where he said, you know, Batman gave me a second chance, but the demon can give me the world. Mm. And it almost sets up like this cult-ish around uh, around Roz. You know, that it, it's not just a 
team of assassins that there's there's a religious aspect to it too yeah the, and that, the, the loyal whispers, the loyal yeah. you know, zealots yeah and the, the, he can you know when we die he can bring us back so there's no death you know um but but yeah he changed me and there's the doom thing in the sky so yeah no i mean i like this show a lot i thought it flowed really well yeah. uh it was over really quick uh you know mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was exciting so um you know, it's a really solid dependable book it's just um i think settled nicely into what it's doing mm-hmm. uh as it's been on so uh what are you, what are you giving it matt uh i'm gonna give this one a 7.5 okay uh i'll go straight i uh, had fun with it yeah. so uh there you go that's batman the outsiders uh which will take you guys on to hawkman 18 robert vendetti writing with uh i don't think i actually checked for the artist in this one but i'm going to assume it's patrick o'leaf still from the previous issues yes yeah, yeah. which speaking of patrick o'leaf um last week i found out through looking at the solicits um i think it's adam glass has a book about teddy roosevelt that's kind of like league of extraordinary gentlemen but with late uh, 18th century, 19th century uh, historical figures mm. that Patrick O'Leaf draws. Shame so I started reading this. Yeah, it's called Rough Riders. So if you guys want to read it, um, a big uh, Omni's coming out later, I think, in in the month. So, um, but anyways, I started reading that this week. And then I get to this book and I was like, oh yeah, this is the same artist that was on Hawkman last, I think. Um and, and it fits, because this is pulpy as it gets. Uh, this is Venditti. Really, no, if there's anyone that, that was meant to write Hawkman besides Jeff Johns, it's Venditti. Because not only did he handle so far what we've seen with the infected, mind you, it's been only a couple, this fits the most in character, I feel. What do you feel, Connor? Oh, yeah, this is easily the best, because it's not entirely just infected that it is. The, mm-hmm. So... Sky Tyrant, uh, which is what we were introduced mm. to the evil version as uh, yeah. at the end of last issue, is actually a past life um, yeah. from Earth 3. Yeah, in the time and space of the reincarnations, this is just another Carter Hall. Yeah. But this it's been sitting there waiting to be activated. And with the Doom plus the Dark Metal, right, and all the stuff that's been going on in Metal... Carter has been weakened enough that it can take over. So Carter's still a passenger to all of this as this is going on. And I just thought, now this is the infected stuff I can get behind. This is way more interesting than that Shazam one where, okay, it's, yeah. just, it's just evil Shazam, which is fine in the main book. Um, but, you know, as that one shot, it was yep. terrible. Um, yep. This here is actually really interesting because, like I say, Carter's still there, uh, sometimes being able to intervene, sometimes yep. not. Uh, which is kind of interesting, um, mm-hmm. and when we have a we open with a flashback to uh, Sky Tyrant being alive on Earth three against uh, Earth three's injustice Oof. society. Uh, yeah, yeah. So know, it's he, called he the... was part of the injustice society. They're the yeah. I can't remember what their team's called now. Yeah, the Justice Society All Stars, and you that got light. So I I looked up all these characters to find out their of course their, you did their swaps, right? So you got Lion Mist, who was Lion Main. I uh, was a villain of, of Hawkman in the 40s. Then you have the Pinkerton Ghost, who's the Gentleman Ghost, which might be my favorite Love on this it. page. This guy being right. the, the, the dual pistols sharpshooter yep. dude. And he's, he's got the monocle still, but a bowler hat instead of a top hat. Yeah, n- no know? face, obviously. No, right, because he, he's the ghost. Um, then you have Shadow Sheriff instead of Shadow Thief. Right? 
and then Matter Mage instead of Matter Master. Um, and they, they basically got Sky Tyrant and they've beaten him. But on Earth 3, you know, Evil always wins, right? So, uh, but not this time. And in, in, you know, Grand Hawkman fashion, this is his end. And then you get to basically, he tells him Sky Tyrant will return. And now it cuts to on our Earth, you know, the, the main Earth. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, that mace just looks terrifying, right? It's always, it's it's looked kind of terrifying throughout this run, the mm-hmm. way it's been kind of, the spikes have been extending at times. Yep. And, you know, and, you know, we got the, you know, the, the, the Mjolnir kind of style uh, right. recall now. Um, but Sky Tyrants is on another yeah. level. Right. It looks proper barbaric. Yeah. Right. So Carter shows up to him and, and he's looking at the, this, earth that he's at that he's been reincarnated to and he's like people move about freely no one's t- t- you know terrified of the skies i have catching up to do and that was a solid fantastic sequence where he flies off and yep. sees a passenger jet you know big mm-hmm. big jumbo jet plane and he's right. like oh this is gonna be fun and right. you just see him going up to the engine and you know there's there's a little girl on the plane you know looking out right. um you know looking out of the lights uh, you know just enough to say okay no there's people on this plane uh, right and you know, thankfully, you know, kind of manages to hijack control again and kind of divert away from the plane so they don't take it out. The pilot's like, "Hey, is that Hawkman out there? What's what's going on?" But it is really sinister. He's he's just about to take down this plane yeah, out of the he's... sky just because he can to make a point of you no, know, the sky is right. his. Which, which is the perfect Earth three because we've we've been in Earth three in Young Justice and and like it just feels like a crappier version of ours, right? This feels proper. Like no evil one here. And this is like how someone you, like he would act. Like what you used to think of as Earth 3. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, also, the best use of the Doom Signal, because it's constantly in the sky behind him. It's in the background throughout the entire book. Anytime there's open sky, you see it. Yeah, and it's I like, there's a small touch that irritates the pilots, because yeah. no matter which way they're facing, it's just always there. It's, it's always, always in there. their eye line. Yep. And... Uh, Another uh, plot point here was that at one point, uh, Sky Tyrant tells him, "Oh, you're you're all in my head. You're not really here." Because he takes that swing at him, and he's you know like a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Carter takes control, and then you know basically tells him, "Don't worry, this is all in your head." And then he he crashes into a bus. You yeah, know, he goes right the, through the top the streets, right? And again, through that hole, you see the doom signal. So. Um, it's ever good, present. Good, good take on that. And then so um, basically he crashed him into a group of people, which is where you don't want. And then he's going to go start attacking people. Carter's kind of on the ropes. And then here comes a mace out of nowhere. Just and smacks you're like, him. Right? And I was like, well, it can't be Kendra because Kendra's lost in space. It's not. It's Shira and Hawkwoman in her full Thanagarian garb. Is there to you know wreck yeah. Sky Tyrant? Yeah, this book's so good. I kind of love this ending. I mean, yeah. this was a great issue throughout actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this whole duality of of Sky Tyrant and and Carter and mm-hmm. you know whether it is just okay, is this just the infection or is this you know actually you know this reincarnation right. space timey wimey stuff yeah. going on? And and it's a different form. It's not like a route. Like I feel like when we get to Batman Superman next week with the you know we got hint about the blue beetle one mm. that 
it's just going to be the same version of, of Billy. You know, he got kidnapped. You know, Batman who last infected him. Here, when has the Hawkman really been around him? Yeah, this right? is this long, is, long game stuff. This one, right? This is intrinsically tied to him being the dragon, right? At least I feel. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It, and his constant, uh, you know, proximity to nth metal, it mm-hmm. makes it really out of all the characters, it makes him the perfect, you know, it does. person it's to be affected. To it. And it's 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 yeah. really interesting. It's definitely the best we've seen this played. Uh, yep. For the infected stuff, and you know, like I say, the the, the way yeah. the doom symbol is treated is really really uh, ominous like yep. even this final page when when hawk woman shows up you can just mm-hmm. kind of see it above her in the background right. you know, her wing is blocking most of it but it's there right, right. Uh, it, so, uh, it looks great yep so super enjoying this one uh the art uh with really really pulpy too which i feel is important when it comes to hawkman yeah that it the action sequences are, are there um just and, and then the pacings well you know Works out there. So yeah, this was a, a really quick read, actually, mm-hmm. uh, in in a good way. Uh, yeah, it just it flew in, and I was like, "Oh man, I, I yep. want more." So uh, I'm reading it. I'm giving this an eight point five. Happen to agree with the eight point five. Yeah, there we go. Sweet. Yeah. That will take us on then to Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night, issue one, written by Tim Seeley and art by Kel Hotz. Uh, or Hutz, maybe, I don't know. Right. Let me ask him how he pronounces his name. Um, it looks good written down, I'll give it that much. Um, so <laughs> this is basically the idea that if in Blackest Night, because I mean, we've done a few of these now, you know, we have a bit of Tempest right. Fujinot at the start talking about the Dark Multiverse and however all these are worlds that have been the same but they've yeah. went wrong, blah, blah, blah. Right. And ultimately, the premise of this one is that in Blackest Night, so Sinestro became the first White Lantern. And mm-hmm. he ultimately, he ended up sharing it with everyone so that the White Lantern core of all our Justice League could fight on the, the you know, the, the Necrons the forces Lanterns. and so on and so on. Yeah. And they won the day, blah, blah, blah. Here, Sinestro didn't want to share. And he kept nope. it for himself. So the Black Lanterns won. Uh, the Black Lantern, essentially a zombie virus, is, you know, kind right. of, really. It's almost like deceased yeah. in a way where Necron. everyone just starts yeah. changing to death and zombified. Uh, so this is about... Sinestro, Lobo, who can't be killed, so the Black Lanterns can't take him, um, and Dove uh, going on a bit of a mission. They eventually interact with Mr. Miracle because we get to like uh, like Barda and all that, and the Furies yeah. all Black Lanternized. So yeah, so the Black Lantern without Earth, you know, being the the stopping point, Necron is starting to to infect the galaxy mm-hmm. um, because Sinestro is really the only one that can find him, but he's half Black Lantern himself. You know, so half of his body is dying. The white's keeping him alive. It's got, it's, he's, he got can, like a, he's got like a two-faced thing going on his face. Yeah. yeah. And that he can also revive uh, with the white power just enough that he can actually kill Just the Black temporarily, Lanterns. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and so, basically, Lobo has been sent by, by Mr. Miracle, we find out, to get Dove because he wants to channel the, the, the source energy. Which again, that's a nice tie to to other stuff that's been going on in in Justice League and whatnot. To basically fight back the the, the Black Lantern force because the White Light failed, um, and of course, this being a horror book, it all goes to shit. Yeah, they're, they're going out to the source wall. I have to admit, I was reading this is the last thing I read before we recorded, oh. and I was 
kind of dozing off halfway through and then woke up and realized that I'd, I'd, I'd lost 20 minutes and went shit so the yeah. back half of this i kind of just skimmed through quickly without reading but yeah, it's it, mainly because it sucked and i didn't want to really read any more of it, it, it's, <laughs> it it's a slog and i love blackest night it's one of my favorite events it is my favorite uh, event i would say it is ever? my favorite dc event yeah and i just hear i don't know if i had just read deceased and it's handled so much better right or if this just wasn't actually that good, but we had Necron Darkseid, which is pretty cool. I mean, that sounds yeah. cool on but paper, but... Here's yeah. the thing. There are some things I like in this. Mm-hmm. Um, conceptually, I think out of the, the three we've had so far that Sinestro just didn't want to share, I think is the most plausible thing that's yeah. happened yeah. yet but as I, to the, the reason for things going wrong. I also think out of the three so far, though, this was by far the the... the the hardest one to actually get through and read and the least enjoyable absolutely i i think yeah. uh, a large part of that as well is is the art and i don't think the art's terrible i think it is absolutely the wrong art for blackest night though mm. yeah uh, yeah we, we, we spoke about the the other two and i know um you know you, you might have preferences but both of them were perfect for that time period of comics that right. story this is not the same ivan reese uh, Doug Mankey. It feels era. really, really nineties art. Like this, this yeah. would have worked on on Death of Superman, probably. This artist, um, I, I think, but on Blackest Night, not so much. No. Um, yeah. The, the I, other things I like, I like. I think, I think it brightens up a little bit when Mister Miracle shows up. I think. Uh, yeah, that's fair. People play off Honestly, him really well. I think one of the biggest problems of this is that. They've got this format where it has to fill like fifty pages, and honestly, mm-hmm. this was maybe a regular this twenty a page comic. Page story. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think even less than that. Like I, I, yeah. I felt so much. Pa- there was so much back and forth, and all the conversations, every single point along the way, that it it felt like it was just dragging out the mm-hmm. whole way across the story. Um. Um. So unfortunate because I've I've really enjoyed the last two, and I think because this is okay, two out of three are still good to great. I'm not. Mm-hmm super concerned going forward i'm hoping okay you know it, it's one rough one out of the five ish yeah. i think that there are i mean yeah. the uh probably the big dark thing towards the end is that sesh gets enough control of the white lantern and uses the power to actually bring hal um mm-hmm. and he's, and he's... No, it was... no. Sonic. no no sonic, sonic. yeah it was just, okay. yeah. yeah uh yeah. and he brings them back only for them to be immediately like killed <laughs> like decapitated by lobo. by lobo with his chain yes yeah uh also they, we get lobo being pulverized by uh necron side only to have a bunch of clones grow from his blood because that's how zarnians work oh mm-hmm. yeah i liked when uh i think it was pretty early on Lo- i think it was lobo his eye getting popped out yeah uh, that looked pretty good it, it, you know early on in the book i wasn't like going oh this is terrible immediately uh, you know i was like oh, maybe maybe i'll pick it up um, and i was like okay you know that's some of the the signature then, violence i suppose that's been on this yeah so so basically towards the end now that basically they they kind of defeat necron but at the cost of starting everything over with the with the source energy and it basically basically creates a society that worships lobo and in that society it it grows faster than than normal right and they yeah. end up becoming a plague so it wasn't just the black lanterns end up becoming the zarnian plague that ravaged the galaxy with sinestro being the only one left as it goes to darkness and i was like yeah. nah, this is a little bit too dark for me like i get that it's horror but 
see, I'm kind of okay with the ending. I like this concept of, okay, no, it goes wrong. And, you know, it's it's like all these other species, like, you know, wolves and apes and stuff, are mm-hmm. kind of evolved, like, over the course of months right. instead of, you know, millennia. Years. Yeah. And, you know, it, it doing this, uh, that that's kind of a nice concept. It's just, at that point, I was so out of that I didn't care anymore. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, too. Like, it's a good concept. And I like I like Tim Seeley a lot. The, the majority of stuff I've read of him, it's good. So I came into this going, oh, he's handling one of my favorite events. This should be good. Only to be super disappointed in that how, how much it dragged in the middle. Like, yeah. I kept checking the page count. Yeah. I was like, I'm still not done? <laughs> I, 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 these things are, are actually kind of like viciously long in the sense that... Yeah. I, you know, I checked the page count and I realized I was starting to really not like it. And I was like, maybe a quarter through. I was like, oh, yeah. too much. That, that does hurt a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what are we rating it? Uh, this is like a three for me, I think. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Three and a half for some nice ideas. <laughs> there you go. Three and a half. All right, we'll move on then. Uh, I think this is just me for this one. This is Batman's Grave, issue two. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. This is uh, Warren Ellis writing, Brian Hitch on the art. And this is easily the quickest read I had all week. Because if nice. you remember my description of the first issue, uh, it ended with Batman finding the killer hiding in the floor under the, the crime mm-hmm. scene. Um, the first two thirds of this issue is just a fight scene as this guy tries to sort of escape uh, from from Batman. I bet it looked good though. It did look good, yeah. Uh, it looked very good. It flowed very well. So that's it, not a complaint. I actually really enjoyed this 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 uh, this fight scene. Um, and I'm just getting to the book now because I accidentally went to the camera instead of comicsology. Just don't ask. Tablets can be weird. Uh, I love how this guy looks like. He's got this big crazy hair. Uh, it's like um, I guess it's like a clown, but it's like. You know, he's, he's completely bald at the top. He's, he's got the hair at the sides, but he's got it kind of, like, completely sticking out horizontally. Then two big sort of, sort of wavy points. It's very over the top. Okay. Uh, very psychotic. So, now, this guy is fighting tooth and nail with Batman. Uh, he's, he's ma- you know, maniacal in the eyes. He's looking very crazy. Um, and yeah, it's just a big facing. Uh, they end up going out the, out the apartment, down the stairs, out the window. Um... And eventually, you know, Batman puts him down and that's the end of it. He drops him off with the police. And uh, they did not hear that the police do kind of, like, consider trying to shoot Batman. And uh, Batman's like, I'm, lo- I'm not in the mood. It's been a long night. Um, and it comes back later with Gordon when Gordon says, hey, I heard about what happened with the cops. So I'll try and make sure they don't shoot you, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but when Bruce goes back home uh, with Alfred, Alfred's having a hangover. Okay, if you remember, he was miserable last issue with uh, uh, all the thought of Bruce dying and whatnot. Uh, so he's, he's talking about how bad he feels. He's like, I'll get you coffee in a, a minute, Master Bruce. I'm just feeling terrible. And he's like, I'm feeling terrible too. Uh, and he's like, hey, how about today you drink uh, the full bottle of whiskey and I'll go out and beat up some uh, underprivileged criminals. Um, and Bruce pours him some coffee. It's a sweet scene. You know, it's kind of a funny, you know, banner scene. Mm. Uh, there's a scene with Gordon on the roof. Uh, gorgeous art here, actually. There's a shot of... Uh, the the bat plane coming like through the signal um and sort of hovering over garden as it's raining and you know batman comes down uh really pretty stuff actually i can't believe i'm saying this about hitch's art because i've not necessarily in the past been super into it but i guess i guess he's improved i guess he stopped pretending he was a writer and that's improved his art i think 
As cruel as that sounds. That, no, that might be true in the sense that he's not writing things that he wants to draw mm. because he thinks right. it'll be fun to draw. He's yeah. drawing what the story actually needs. Yes. Uh, so Gordon gives him another case, basically. Gives him another case, uh, a murder. Um, yeah, so... It, you know, and Batman flies off, and you know it ends with him in the cave, basically just saying, "Hey, it's time to look at this." And it answers this moral, this or brings up this moral question where, um, it's like, "Hey, this guy that died, like, if you'd caught him and sent him to, you know, Arkham or whatever, he'd probably get shanked and die anyway." And Bruce kind of says, "That's not the point. He doesn't deserve to be murdered." So it's kind of like question the, the the morality of what Bruce does. Um, case isn't case isn't super interesting yet, but I mean, it's kind of a weirdly paced uh, story overall in terms of the the whole book in the sense that the case we spent all the first issue on we spend half of this issue finishing and then it kind of introduces a, a, another one by the end so we're definitely doing like a multiple cases thing here uh if they end up all sort of somehow kind of tying in i don't know at least thematically probably but um you won't know until you see at least another one or two of them yeah uh but i enjoyed reading the issue that flowed very well and i, I like the the batman and alfred dialogue a lot so yeah, it's a Batman book, if anyone wants to. And it's, it was him dealing with, like, serial killers and, you know, crimes that aren't just like, hey, the Joker's out of Arkham again. Like, you know? Yeah. So, potentially interesting. So, uh, I'd give it a solid, uh, solid 8. Solid 8 out of 10. Batman's Grave. Uh, so, that takes us to the final book of the week, and this is the first issue of The Dollhouse Family, uh, the newest uh, Hill House and Black Label book. Um, this is Mike Carey writing with Peter Gross on the art. And... You know, I knew there was a dollhouse, obviously, just because of the, the mm -hmm. title, but I don't, I don't think I was expecting this to start with what looks like a celestial being <laughs> landing yeah. on yeah. Earth. Very, very, very much uh, uh, Lovecraftian yes. in that. It's funny because this. this writer and artist uh, did uh, Lucifer together. Ah. And oh. it shows, like, immediately I'm on the, yeah. uh, you know, this, this first page, I'm like, Yep, this is them doing yeah. what they did on Lucifer. So, so they're talking about this. This creature falls to Earth as as Earth's almost forming, like primordial, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, this is millions. And, this is millions and millions. Actually, I will yeah. say I called him a celestial because later on you get a sense of how big he actually is yeah. when someone's standing next to him. And the opening, right. I just thought it was a regular sized creature of some kind, you know? Right. Well, and there's so, no concept of scale yeah. at that point. No, and so he, he it's talking about you know, coming here and everything was new and then basically getting covered up as, as the planet grew around them, uh, right? And then and they get cut, cuts to this family in England in, what, 1979? Yeah, it takes place um, over a couple of years because when we come yep. back to them, it's 1981 and then 1982. So it's a few years apart of these scenes that we get of this family. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of your your typical thing, or not typical. The part, this part's not typical, where this dollhouse arrives in the mail from some great uncle or aunt that the mum didn't even yep. know she had. Uh, but hey, so the kids got this dollhouse now. Addressed to the daughter, not not to the yes. mom. Yeah. So the the main thing here, it's a, it's a bit tropey in a sense, but it's played out fairly well in that uh, the dad's this drunk, uh, aggressive asshole who's constantly yeah. annoyed that the wife is second-guessing him or saying things in front of the daughter. Yep. And I think when we come back to them later, it's clear that you know, he is hitting the wife as well. There's bruises. He's abusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that all he wants to do is destroy the dollhouse. Uh, and this well, first no, thing, yeah. He wants to sell it because he wants to get it valued. True, yeah. um, and But, you know, the, the mother's like, no, 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 it was addressed to, to the dollhouse. She wants to keep it. Let, let's like keep it. Let, she can have a dollhouse if she yeah, wants it. Yeah, because he, he thinks it's an antique, so he's thinking he can get a get a nice bit of money for it um 
So, basically, as it's going on, you know, forgetting the celestial stuff, which we'll get to, which we come back to throughout the book and um, the other stuff. Basically, so the dollhouse, all the characters in the dollhouse that she finds, all these little dolls, they mm-hmm. all start speaking to her and coming to life, and it's like they're a real living, breathing little family inside mm-hmm. the dollhouse. And eventually, they shrink her down and have her in and send her back out, and she's back right. up again. Saying the magic word or, or phrase. Yeah, ultimately... What I was getting from here is sort of classic horror movie stuff where it's like, okay, the trauma of her her, her home life and her, her dad, she's, she's you know, let's say for a second that none of this is real. She's just doing this in her head to sort of escape her reality because her reality is so miserable. Now, don't get me wrong, I think it's real because we're, we're doing all this flashback stuff's building to something that connects to this somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's very much, no, this is something that's offering her escape because of what her parents are going through because she's worried about her mom right. and of course the ending does this nice nasty twist on it where the the dollhouse family say hey there's this room in here this black this black door this black room you can go in there yeah. and basically she's offered this deal if you become one of us and stay in the dollhouse because we find out that everyone else who's here is not actually really related they've all came here one nope. by one and, and you assume through this same system yeah probably yeah and they offer hey like we'll take care of your dad and make sure he can't hurt your mom if you agree to be here and she says no because that would leave her alone and that would make her sad but when she comes back out of the house she grabs a hammer and bashes her dad in the back of the head presumably killing him at the end of the book right so (laughs) which i'm not gonna lie that ending made me laugh in a really dark way yeah Yeah. because she's like well no i if if the black room i know because they they tell her it only appears once and then once you've made your decision i won't show back up for you Right, yeah, but it tells so her no. The, she, he is going to kill your mom if you do, right. if, if we don't it, stop him. Right, and so she goes, all right, and she comes back out, right, of the dollhouse, and she does it herself, and you know, and like Pete said, it's comedically dark. Yeah, it, it can play two, one or two ways, I think, here, just in in one sense, and it's, like either it's one to inspire the sinner, so this is kind of the intention of it to turn her dark and mm-hmm. turn her uh, into her sort of, you know her right. darker desires, her violent tendencies, whatever. Or, I, and I actually like this, I mean, I like that fine, but I like this a little bit more, that it always tries to make this bargain and it, and it usually works, but this girl just thinks differently. Like, no, no, I'll just go kill him myself. I could do it right. myself. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how I read it too, Pete. She was like, all right, well, I've seen this enough. Because you can already tell, like, she's talking to her mom. She's like, well, why don't we leave? You mm. know? And, you know, mom makes the excuses and, and whatnot and so yeah the, the girl's aware of all this so she handled it but there's flashback stuff to where her her great great uncle that this all starts with mm-hmm. is surveying uh scotland in like the 1820s and as they're surveying him and his partner come across this cave and he's like well this this wasn't on the previous map you know and something like this should have there's like a, a running gag that you know the the previous surveyors were a bit shit and they're like well they, th- right. they said there's a path here let's see if we can prove them wrong again right and so no no satellites back it. in these days to prove these things you see <laughs> right and so well they were the satellites that that's their job you know and so they go into this cave and goes uh you know can't the the great great grandfather or whatever he is uncle goes well i'll just go in 100 paces and then as, as you keep going, it keeps flashing back. Turns out that that 100 paces became three days. Yeah, he's he, he gets lost. System. Yeah, he gets lost and trapped yeah. down there. And it leads to yeah. uh, another horror kind of trap. So he finds a celestial. Yeah. We see this being who's just sort of lying there dead, seemingly. Right. Uh, and there's like torches yeah, around he's, him. He's asleep. 
Or he's asleep, yeah. But there's torches around him, and he's just he's lying there, and you see how big he is, because he's yep. huge. And uh, what I love here is that this woman shows up and kind yep. of just immediately seduces him and kind of forces herself upon him. And we get this kind of... Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of like horror movies. Like, uh, there's a scene in the first Howling like this, and there's definitely other scenes like this where, you know, the... the the mysterious woman who's kind of like forced this is kind of on top of him and kind of like you know going like a wild banshee and he's just kind of like lying there like in pleasure but also confused and kind of scared and you know all, all these mix of different things it was it was really interesting how this was intercut with um yeah. know, the the sex scenes intercut with uh mm. the father and, and, and the daughter you know him going yeah you, you know your mom and i've been through a bit of a rough patch and then right. you know and then the next time it cuts back to him is uh, him, you know, threatening the, the the wife again after he's obviously just here. Yeah, right. Um, and when he says, you know, keep it going, uh, you'll have more. And you're just like, damn, man, this guy, terrible, terrible guy. Um, yeah. But in in mix with that, you have that scene, and but what I noticed was that the 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 speech bubbles for whatever this woman is match the voice that's in the dollhouse. Yes, it's the, it's the black yeah. bubbles with the white text. Yeah. yeah. The, the and, mirror, so to speak. Yeah. And so, yeah, so whatever this was, right, so this is what led me on to some, you know, a bit of research about Celtic mythology and whatnot, or, or Irish mythology, and I really can't find anything. Like, the closest thing I can find is, is this Irish muse that basically she comes and finds a, a, a man and then inspires him to the point of madness to mm. where he, you know, burns out, right? Because, mm. you know, his art takes control and it's this love is so intense that, that he ends up dying at a younger age, which is like one of those, you hear about artists, right? You know, the 27 Club mm. and whatnot. Uh, other than that, I really can't find anything. So this might be something wholly new, but it also fits in with that, you know, dark woman trope of, of mythology. Yeah, like even, succubus or uh, yeah, even makes know, me vampire think of, of some kind. Yeah, vampire succubus. It even makes me think a little bit of a species, uh, which yeah. is an alien, but it's the same kind of thing where she's looking for a mate. Whereas this, although this doesn't feel like she's struggling, this feels like, no, she's found her victim and that's it, it's over. Yeah, um, and, and whatever happens, because we know he, he must get out of the, or whatever influence she has on him must carry through the family because yes. the dollhouse ended up with his, well, his, is it, his is great, great grandies. Yeah, but is it from her as well? I mean, I have to imagine right. she might have wanted his seed here. This is the purpose. It wasn't right. just the sex. Yeah. It was for... Right. So um, yeah. so who is the child? Is, is it another member of this family or is it something else right. entirely more akin to right. whatever we're seeing in the dollhouse? Yeah. Right, exactly. And and how did it get in there? And what I mean, like, This was one I was, when we heard the solicits, I wasn't too keen on. But after getting through this, I'm like, oh no, this is, this is interesting. No, I agreed on on the solicit. I think uh, I remember being excited because of who was writing it. Um, yeah. More more so than the concept itself. Mm-hmm. I um, um I, I don't know. I don't like I don't like I like this as much as Basketful of Heads. I think that was maybe more in my taste. Yeah, but that's fair. Um, same with the art. I think the art in Basketful of Heads was better. Bit bit. Yeah. Um, this is fine though. Like it's not. Oh, it works. So much for what it's doing. Yeah. It's ominous when it needs to be. Like when she starts talking to the dolls at first, yeah. and they're 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 t- we know that they're telling her the names, but the mom just thinks like, oh, she's given them creative on, names already. On the names, is there a lettering mistake? Because this was really right. weird to me. Because um, the first time you know she's telling the mom the names, yeah. she says, uh, you know, the, the daddy is called Codwinner, right? And it's like two separate words. Mm-hmm. But then um, all the next time it's Cordwainer. 
did she I, get did she hear it wrong and then get corrected? I, that's that's what I'm thinking because it shows mm. like when they go into the house that it's different. So it's clearly she wasn't naming them is what I took from that. No, no, but that, my problem was this This was both before she went into the house. So the first time right. she said it, and then it was the very next page, it was, oh, where's Cordwainer? Uh, and I'm like, okay, did did it, did did you know did they correct her? Or was it a weird lettering mistake, which feels particularly weird. Hmm. Um, but I, it, it threw me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued, though. I, I think... You know, yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about it early on, uh, but when it got to actually finding the Celestial, and I'm just calling it that for lack of a better word right now, yeah. um, and it got to the ending especially, the, the hammer ending really kind of sold me on, okay, this is mm-hmm. this is going down a path that I wasn't necessarily expecting, uh, yeah. that I ending. Think, uh, like, tying in with this ancient being thing kind of yeah. wasn't the angle I was expecting at all no, from, me neither. from what we were told about this story, so that actually made it a lot more interesting to me. Um so I'm quite into it. Uh, I, I agree, not quite as strong as the as Basketball Ahead's no. uh, first issue, but solid, really solid. So, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back for the rest of this. Yeah, me too. Uh, two for two on these Hellhouse books then. Uh, although yeah. I will admit I did not read the backup two pages because oh. it's, it was two pages and it was overstuffed two pages. I went, you know what, I'm good. <laughs> I no, might read it's... it all at the end when yeah. it's all there and I can just read the whole yeah. story. So I got real excited, right? This is flipping Werewolf Pirates. Yes. And I got there, and there was only two pages, and I got pissed. That's not a backup. That's that's a sneak preview. Yeah, because I, I read the, the first uh, batch of it, which was a bit more. It was like four or five pages the first time. Um, and it just it read really awkwardly, and I, I like, and I don't really retain it as well when it's only that many pages. So I got to this to be like, oh, I barely remember what the last time, like, what, what was going on. All of them, there was werewolves in a ship. All Wait, right. did I miss I'm the... Good. I missed part one. Yeah, part yeah, one there was like, showed up. There was like four pages in the back of a uh, basket full of heads. Yeah, which yeah, I, my... I I didn't read those either because uh, busy week I think and I just well, didn't get. That would them. make sense why I thought this was very not there. Mine mine didn't have it, so I got to go back. Huh, weird. Yeah, my digital copy didn't have. I got to the end of it and that was it. They may have updated. So... Sometimes sometimes comicsology was a mistake. They'll update it like a day later. Yeah, maybe maybe I downloaded it too soon. Could I'm be. going back now because I want these damn werewolves. Damn <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to wait and read it all at the end. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Uh, no, it was a good first to show. What are you reading them at? Um, I'm going to give this an 8. I really, really liked it. Car? Yeah, I'm also giving it an 8. I will also give it an 8. So, Hell House is 2 for 2. Um, from all thieves as well, which is... Cool. Unusual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, so... There's an updated version that I didn't get. The. There you go. All right. Yeah, well, this is uh, this. this is the, this is the uh, last book. So that means we can go on to our uh, yep. end of the show part where we we pick our favorite panel slash moment of the week, favorite cover, favorite art, and do our top five books. So we got a healthy amount of books this week. So plenty to pick from. Uh, so Matt, panel slash moment of the week. Um. Let's see. Um, no, it's Superman. Hold on, let me let me think. <laughs> no, it's gonna be from a Le- event Leviathan. It's it's when uh, at the very end where he's very Magneto esque. Um, when he's sitting there, let me get to it. It's taking forever. <laughs> yeah, when he says they would rather burn it all to the ground than try to fix it, and he goes, "Yes, fine." That those last three panels. Okay. All right, Connor. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, something from Far Sector. 
Um, actually, just a kind of a simple thing. Um, not yeah. the the very first page, but the, the second page where we where we first see our, our Green Lantern, and it's that very first panel, just that shot of you know looking up at her in the rain in the in the green poncho, and it kind of just set the tone for the book immediately. I was like, okay, I'm I'm down. All right. Um... I was tempted to go with something from Superman. I was thinking maybe Zod's little exchange with Supergirl, but I am going to go with the end of the Dollhouse family. I'm going with, I'm going with the hammer. <laughs> I'm going with yeah, it. I figured, I figured you would. <laughs> I'll play, play to my, uh, my stereotypes here. Uh, so, best cover of the week, Matt. Um, I'm stealing from Connor, but it's the McKelvey Far Sector variant. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of uh, variants in that. Um, I... I real I, I think the bat I don't know the Batman so, uh, Batman's grave variant's not bad actually but that is quite a nice variant yeah but it's honestly I think both Dollhouse uh, family covers are yeah. both great uh, to the point where I'm having trouble picking which one I like more uh, uh, let me have a look at them both because the main ones the one that, the one with the the lady and the guy in the cave is proper sinister yeah it's probably yeah. gothic horror kind of Lovecraftian yeah, yeah. Um, no, both are good covers yeah uh, both good I think I think I'll just edge out with the variant. But I mean, it's close. It's very close. So there you go. Uh, what's yours, Connor? Yeah, Matt already said it. It's it's the McKelvey variant of the Far Sector because McKelvey is like my favorite artist. So you know, not much of a surprise. I I have had this order shop for weeks. I was like, yep, I'm getting that. All right. Uh, best art of the week. I'll jump in first. I want to give a shout out for Maguire on Superman, but Event Leviathan from. Oh, and also Campbell and Farsetter, but I think Event yeah. Leviathan from Malieve for me definitely had to pick. Uh, Matt? Yeah, like, like you wanted to give a shout to, to uh, Maguire. I want to give a shout to Olaf on, on Hawkman, but it comes down to Farsector with Campbell and Event Leviathan. And I don't know what to do. So they're both <laughs> good and different in their own ways. What's what's interesting is I, I'm going to jump in because I'm, I'm picking Farsector because obviously I didn't read Event okay. Leviathan, but right. yeah, Malieve is a. a a, a very uh, you know fine choice yeah. so what you're saying is, is that Matt's about to split the difference yeah Matt's the tiebreaker yeah. so I'm just adding yeah. some extra pressure onto him so if that's the case I'm going to win that Connor didn't read and it's a bit of <laughs> excellent excellent alright Matt top five books of the week oh uh, number one Event Leviathan uh, number two is uh, Far Sector Number three is Superman, four Hawkman, five Dollhouse. Connor? Yeah, this is frustrating. I've got four books that are like eight and up that I really like, and then it drops off a cliff. So, you know, those those first four are Far Sector, um, Dollhouse, Hawkman, and then uh, Harley and Ivy. And then, uh, I'm, you know, I'm left between... Dark Multiverse and Flash. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Both of which were like threes and fours. So screw it. I, I don't remember which one I rated worse, but whichever one, whichever one I obligatory gave the higher number to earlier. Pardon me. I, I, I chose to yawn okay. there at the exact wrong moment when I had to speak. Um, my number one is Event Leviathan. My number two is Superman. Uh, and then it gets really tough for me because I give a lot of things about an eight. <laughs> I give a lot of things around the same score because I had a pretty solid week. Welcome to my world. Um, so, um, I think my number three um, will be Far Sector. My number four will be Dollhouse Family. And my number five 
will be... I'm going to go with Batman's Grave, but Outsiders was close. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not Flash, and definitely not Tales from Dark Multiverse. <laughs> definitely not those. That's that's the thing. Like my first four, I'm um, I'm really happy with all of those four. You know, they, they were great books, and overall, I would say I had a good week because of that. I just have to have a couple of shite books at the end. Mm-hmm. But hey, that is uh that is uh, that. So uh, now we can tell you what's the... actually no. no, no. I, I asked on Twitter. That's right. You remember I, yeah. for the first time in like three months. I didn't forget for three months, you te- I just stopped doing it. There's a difference. Mm, I don't know. I think he forgot. Two. I can't win. There's just no point in doing no. it now. Because I'll just get this every week. <sighs> Bloody hell. All right. You won't get it every week if you just remember to do it every week. What's funny is that a couple of, we had a couple of responses that were along the lines of not really... <laughs> so... Yeah, so from at Chris uh, uh, Brasfield here, uh, only five in so far, but none of them so far, lol. Uh, Flash made me want to throw my tablet across the room. <laughs> I say this as That's normally... That's our listener. I say normally a Matt-style grader of DC books. <laughs> and with another one, um, at DCU Fam Fam, who said, does it have to be current week? I'm always behind, lol. <laughs> <laughs> and any praise Leviathan 5 and uh, Young Justice and Superman but like so half the responses we got were, were not even like proper picks but uh, we did get a couple uh, loving Far Sector uh, at Clark underscore Doom said Far Sector holy cow the art was great and the writing felt fresh I'm hooked and at Catharnis said Far Sector hands down it feels good to have a Green Lantern book to read again the story instantly sucked me in and I can't wait for more the art was out of this sector um, that last line was cheesy as shit. Uh, you get a demerit for that. Um, but yes, so far sector secretly, seems to be the winner. Secretly, Pete really approves of it. What's funny about yeah. that though is I actually thought this was a much better week than last week. So it's weird to see the the picks be, feel a bit. Uh, you know, yeah, we. Uh, I mean, don't wrong. We had some, you know, some of the the big high profile books like Flash that we really didn't like. But I think overall we were quite positive this week. Yeah. Between us. I feel like Bendis especially had a lot of good books this week. So, uh. yeah, even me, who doesn't, I obviously, you know, if I was reading them, I'd obviously say I'd had a worse week. But without reading them, I had a pretty good week. So yeah, yeah. So not bad, not bad. Uh, so I will now tell you what is coming next week, uh, as we always do at this part of the show. Uh, I still have a Patreon book to do this month. I was going to try and squeeze it in this week, but uh, time got the better of me, so I will have to try yeah, and squeeze it Yeah, I have two to do still, but I thought I might fall asleep if I try and read another one. Uh, that is fair. So coming next week, we have Aquaman 54, Batman 83, uh, that Batman giant number two is out, uh, Batman Superman number four, yeah, Batman White Knight presents Von Freeze, so that's the one shot. Yeah, inst- so instead of a regular issue of that this month, we're getting the Von Freeze one shot. Uh, and then we have Dial H for Hero number nine. We have Flash Forward number three. We have He Man Masters of the Universe number one. Should you wish to check that out? Infected Scarab issue one. Uh, Justice League thirty six. That, that sounds like a disease. I don't- <laughs> got an infective Scarab. Uh, Metal Man issue 2 is out looking forward to checking that out Nightwing 66 is out uh, we have The Question The Deaths of Vic Sage issue 1 so 
Mm, looking forward to that one. Yeah, try that out. That's a one of four. Uh, Supergirl 36 is out next week. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number five. Teen Titans 36 is out. Um, and then we have a couple of those uh, Walmart reprints, uh, Titans, Burning Rage, and Wonder Woman come back to me. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think slightly lighter week because by my count we have ten books between us there. So I think maybe a slightly lighter week next week. So expect a Patreon book too then is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it, it definitely isn't as light as the week threes have been in recent months. Of old, yes. Um, but I mean, yeah, like like because like, you know Metal Men and the Question Book there definitely bump that up. Um, but it's not it's not incredibly busy. Hmm. Hey. Uh, that is what's coming next week so look forward to discussion on those things and um, so as we decided earlier uh, what's going to happen come week 3 in December which is the week Doomsday Clock 12 is still scheduled to release it's not been pushed at all uh, since they put it on that day so uh, the week that comes out because they're not having week 4 instead of having all the week 4 books as week 1 on January that they did last year They've actually done this weird thing where they've kind of split them up and a lot of them have been put on week three. Some of them have been put in week one of January, but then week one of January still has some week one books. That... I think it's it's particularly frustrating given that January is a five-week month, so we could have just done the exact same as last year of, hey, week we, four We could have done, one. but if you, look, if you actually look at January's solicits, there's books that are still week one that are on week one, but some of them are on week two, but some week two has been pushed to week three, but not all of them. It's kind of it's kind of muddied the whole... Uh, uh, Amount up. But um, so what we're going to do is that you're going to get an episode at the regular time, uh, which will be the regular episode, and that'll have at least Doomsday Clock and seven other books because there's 16, 17 books we're doing <laughs> that week. So it'll be about half of the books. So you get half the books, including Doomsday Clock, at the regular day, and then two days later, you'll get another episode, which will just be a different number because it's two full episodes. Uh, you'll get another episode with the other half of the books a few days later. And then the next regular episode will actually not be a regular numbered episode, it'll be the annual because it's the week off and we'll do our end of year awards and our best 10 of the year and so on and whatever else we usually do. So, uh, that's what's happening. So, that's the schedule at Christmas. Look forward to that. Mm-hmm. So we're unless, not... unless something happens and they push a bunch of the books. Yes, but we're not taking t- time off. In fact, we're doing more episodes than normal <laughs> over the Christmas period. Yeah, we, we spent a good, what, 15 minutes trying to figure out how to fit this all in that week. It's going to be busy. So that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Uh, so look forward to to all that jazz. Um, so you can let us know what you thought of the books, of course, in the comments. You can like and subscribe if you're on YouTube watching watching the video version. Ding the bell. Make sure you get the notifications. Uh, you can, of course, support us on Patreon, which I mentioned uh, earlier on in the show. But you can go there, uh, patreon.com slash TV and support us for as little as $1 per month to keep all the content coming. Uh, you can buy shirts and hoodies uh, of all the different shows we do on Mailfuzz TV, but comics from the multiverse uh, specifically in this case uh our, our spread shirt stores there's links to those in the description um you can check out other content we have we have a bunch of movie podcasts streams after midnight's the horror one atomic cinema experiments the science fiction one um i do live streams on the youtube channel um a couple of times a week uh those are usually good fun uh the chat usually tries to make me do stupid things it's a whole thing uh so you go check out those um but you know all these things are, are available, but if nothing else, join us next week for episode 182. Uh, so keep reading DC Comics, guys. Get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. And always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.